following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. Sunday Night Showdown, your exclusive home for pay-per-view coverage of the WWE, with your hosts, the First Lady of the SNS Radio Network, Harmony Boom Boom Jackson. I've always been the champion. I am a woman who knows how to get exactly what she wants, and that is an example to women everywhere. The Bronx father, Tony J. Mirabella. I understand this, because I don't you know. Maybe it's me, I'm a little fucked up, maybe. But I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown, I amuse you, I make you laugh. What do you mean, funny? Funny how? The great white, Mark the Shark DiCarlo. There's no reason we need to be shackled by the strictures of the employee employer relationship. Unless, of course, you're into that sort of thing. <laughs> in which case, I got some shackles in the back. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But seriously, I've got him. And Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson. Still the icon, still the showstopper, still the main event. And the showdown begins now. Presented by Totino's Bold. Sunshine. Come away some of my 
precious time Sweet smile is always on my mind Won't you be my sunshine Won't you be my sunshine Come on, waste some of my precious All right, welcome to another edition of Sunday Night Showdown right here on the SNS Radio Network. It seems that our destination, we have finally reached it, the Staples Center, Los Angeles, California. The night when we're going to see possibly a new WWE World Heavyweight Champion crowned as Brock Lesnar, the Beast Incarnate, takes on John Cena, the 15-time World Champion of course, I'm talking about SummerSlam. We're also going to see Stephanie McMahon step in the ring with Brie Bella. The Miz takes on Dolph Ziggler. It's for the Intercontinental Championship. A flag match, Rusev and Swagger, and so much more on the program tonight. I am Mr. Bunny on the mic, Jeff Jackson, but joining me all the way from New York City, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for my co-host. He is Bronxzilla, Tony J. Mirabella. What's up, man? Can you feel the winds of change in the air tonight, JJ? I, I feel something in the air tonight. I don't know if it's the winds of change or just the winds of utter stupidity, as I've been in a flame war all day on our Facebook page. Really? I've been, like, so busy today. <clears throat> Pardon me. I haven't gotten a chance to check out Facebook that much. I didn't see that. Uh, well, when you get a chance, go check it out. It's, it's over some TNA stuff, supposedly a TNA employee has frequented our page and is calling us out on believing the internet dirt sheet bullshit. So it's, it's, it's been a fun little argument all day. Yeah, well, TNA employees might as well get on our Facebook page. They'll get more exposure there than on Spike. Well, there you go. There you go. So how you been, man? Been pretty good, man. Been pretty good. It's been an okay weekend. Uh, just kind of been psyched for this pay-per-view because um, it looks like it's going to be a good one. And I'm... I don't know, man. It was a hard one to pick. I mean, I got, I made my picks. I, I know who I've got for tonight already, but I don't know. Some of them I went with my heart. Some of them I went with my head. And I have a feeling some of my picks might be unpopular, but, you know, it is what it is. I hear you, man. Uh, conspicuous by his absence is one Mark the Shark DiCarlo, who we wish well. He's not sick or anything, but he's away in Vancouver on uh, some family business with his, with his boys. And uh, he will not be joining us on the program tonight. Strangely enough, and it is a coincidence, uh, my wife, Harmony Boom Boom Jackson, will also not be on the show tonight. She is in Burnaby, which is also in the province of B.C., and uh, is away for the rest of the week on a work-related uh, convention. So it's just you and me tonight, man. We're not the Fantastic Four tonight. We're the dynamic duo, believe it or not. Harmony must have more frequent flyer miles than a fucking Hulk Hogan. She does. She does, because she gets, like, free flights all the time. Yeah, I believe it. I mean, shit, you know. <laughs> Man, well, wish, wish Harmony well, of course. Uh, Shark, wish you well as well. We miss you. We miss you well as well. That sucked. Miss you well also, and we miss you. So, I mean, you know what, man? We'll just have to hold down the fort. It's a two-man announce crew my God, Vince, it's back to two men only. I think we can handle it, you know. It, it, it's, been a, it's been a pretty cool couple days for me. Uh, for the rest of the week, it's just me and Lexi. Everybody else is gone. Sienna is in Nova Scotia uh, with her sister Dakota visiting their, their actual father. He's getting married, I guess, in a month or so. So they're there for the summer. So it's just me and the kid until Harmony comes back later this week. It's going to be a nice and quiet week, man, I tell you. I'm looking forward to it. 
And I heard a rumor somewhere on Facebook that you made the bestest mac and cheese last night. Well, if you ask Lexi, she'll give you that, uh, that lowdown, that I make the bestest anything. So I did sit down and watch a movie with her last night, the Star Wars edition of Phineas and Ferb, which she actually, believe it or not, taped it for me because she knows I'm a Star Wars fan. And so we sat down and watched that last night, and I made her the best macaroni and cheese ever. And, uh, you know, it's been a nice day. But uh, I've been psyched all day looking forward to SummerSlam. It looks like we're starting things off with Dolph Ziggler, who is challenging The Miz, who is the current Intercontinental Champion. And uh, I'm looking forward to this match. I think that these two might deliver a show stealer, Bronx. Oh, absolutely. No doubt in my mind that this is going to be one of the better matches on the card tonight as uh, Ziggler is removing that really bright pink shirt. Kind of a shit, Bret Hart type of shirt. That shit is like neon. Wow, we have the German announced team at SummerSlam, folks. Yes, the German announced team. You know why they're there, right? So they can pimp out 999. Yes. How much is WWE? 999. Exactly. Oh, look, Maria Menounos is at ringside, folks. Wow. Imagine that. But I tell you what, let's go ahead and get started on our uh, Sunday Night Showdown episode for SummerSlam 2014 as The Miz takes off the sunglasses. Very cocky heel Miz taking on Dolph Ziggler. The Intercontinental Championship is in the balance. I'll kick it over to you. Who's going over in this match and why? Man, I'm going to have to say that if you don't... If you don't pull that trigger on Ziggler tonight, man, I mean, I just don't see the point of the Miz holding his belt any longer. Ziggler is so red hot. Unless you want this to continue into the next pay-per-view night of champions, I would hate to see Ziggler get fucked again. I, I got to go with Ziggler. I have to go with my heart on this one tonight. We're going to be unanimous because my head is telling me to go for the Miz. He'll probably find some way to weasel out of this and keep the belt. But I'm really pulling with my heart here. I really want Ziggler to have that belt because, you know what, the guy's a workhorse. Whether you like him or not, you cannot deny that the guy works his ass off. The Intercontinental Championship used to be the title that the workhorses wore. That was the title that Savage had. That was the title that Steamboat had, that Michaels had, that Mr. Perfect and Bret Hart had. You know what, to me, Dolph Ziggler is just as good, if not better, when it comes to his in-ring prowess as most of those guys. So I'm going to say this now. I want Dolph Ziggler to beat The Miz, win the Intercontinental Championship, and possibly go on to Night of Champions and unify both the Intercontinental and U.S. belts with Sheamus. I just, I, again, I'm not high on The Miz, and this is coming from a guy who two or three years ago liked The Miz. I was one of the only people on this network that supported The Miz when he was the champ. But I don't like the lame uh, character he's come up with. He's kind of a, a poor man's version of The Rock. You know, if you're going to be a Hollywood star, let Batista have that gimmick. Because if anybody can boast the numbers, it's Batista right now. The Miz has made, what, the Marine 3 and 4? And they've both been, like, home video movies. So, yeah, come on. I mean, let, let's be real for a second here. Uh, I'm just I'm not a fan of the Miz right now at all. I, I think they've completely killed this kid and why he holds this belt. People are just scratching their heads wondering why. I think Dolph Ziggler all the way here. And I guess I've lost the uh, I guess I've lost Brogzilla. Are we still broadcasting? Right now, the Miz getting the best 
of Dolph Ziggler. As we're seeing the replay on this particular maneuver, hits that clothesline in the corner. Uh, the last thing I heard was you and I agreeing about, uh, you know, the uh, Dolph Ziggler going over. And uh, I agree with what you said about the Miz. I was high on the Miz, too. When he was WWE champ and everyone was giving him shit, I definitely was on his side. But this new, you know, Johnny Cage incarnation, I'm like, bleh. I still got to give Miz credit, though. I, I, I think that every time the Miz wins a match, he should have like a like an 8x10 or, a, you know, a, a a picture of himself that he signs and basically just lays on his victim. You know, once he beats a guy, kind of like the Million Dollar Man used to do, I think that'd be great. It's it's totally Johnny Cage. Yeah, I mean, I have no problem with that. I mean, be a blatant ripoff, but he's kind of doing that already with the sunglasses, the movie star shit. Oh, Ziggler with a nice super kick. That should have ended it. But no, Miz kicks out at the last possible second. Beautiful super kick. Yeah, that was nice. He's got a lot of moves in his rep repertoire, does Ziggler. Well, you know, I think we talked about this on Unplugged this past week, that at a house show they actually had a match with Dolph Ziggler and Randy Orton. And uh, believe it or not, Randy Orton hits the RKO on Dolph Ziggler and he kicked out and then managed to hit a super kick followed up by the zigzag and got the win over Randy Orton at the house show. That's pretty big. Oh, absolutely. To me, that... That seems like they're they're getting ready to possibly give him a push or maybe put him in a feud with Randy Orton on the uh, on the main show. Yeah, because I mean to give him that victory. I mean they it was like they were testing the waters. You know, they didn't do it on a Raw, they didn't do it on a SmackDown. They did it on a network exclusive show. So I think in their minds that was a good way to test things out with Ziggler and he's been getting a great reaction. But then again, a dirt sheet reported on it, so it's probably not true, Bronx. Oh, no, you know, PW Insider reported it or fucking 10 other sites. No, nah, can't be true. No, can't be true. We learned that today on the Facebook page. Oh, look, The Miz has locked on the figure four without doing anything to work the leg of Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, I mean, it's like, I don't know about that, man. It's like it, he just doesn't learn. I mean, if you're going to use that move, we've been saying this too every week as Ziggler is trying to reach the rope and finally does. Um you know, we talked about ADR, how he works that arm for 10 minutes before he would put on the arm, you know, the cross arm breaker. I just, uh, the psychology isn't there, apparently, with the Miz. I don't know. Well, no, you know, I guess I guess he figured since Ric Flair basically gave him the blessing to use the move, that once he locks on the move, that's it. Uh, you know, look at anybody that does a submission. You work that body part before you actually go for the move. Famous sir, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? Wow. How is that even possible? Miz just got hit with a Famouser by Dolph Ziggler, and instead of falling to the ground, he literally locks Dolph Ziggler into the skull-crushing finale and drives him to the mat and almost gets the three count. Talk about your no-sell. He's been, he's been taking classes from John Cena, I think, has the Miz. That was oh, the most okay. ridiculous spot I think I've ever seen right there. Yeah, that was like shit. He absolutely fucking no-sold that finisher. What the hell? That's like nah, a fucking really, TNA spot, man. What the fuck? No, nah, I really want to see him lose. Oh! <laughs> Dolph Ziggler with the zigzag. And ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. New Intercontinental Champion crowned at SummerSlam as The Miz has been beaten by Dolph Ziggler. I still think good for him. 
I, I still think that spot we just saw with the skull crushing finale was fucking ridiculous. That yeah, should be I on Botchamania. That. that was ridiculous. Yeah, that's going to go on Botchamania. It'll be on the next edition, absolutely. But like, how do you oh. hit a motherfucker with your signature maneuver, and they bounce up and then somehow manage to lock their finisher on you and drive you to the mat? Give me a fucking break, folks. Miz might get some heat over that shit. Here's the replay. Yeah, yeah. it's like he ultimate warrior. He just, he just, you know, he got pedigreed. He stood up and was like, "Fuck that shit." Give me a break, man. Come on. Good match, except for that one spot. I got to say, well, and Miz not working the legs. Yeah, Miz kind of sucked the life out of this match, didn't he? Like fucking. I mean, it was a lot shorter too than I thought it would be. No, well, I mean this was a short fucking match i mean congrats to Dolph ziggler but i would have liked to have seen these two go a little longer but i'm happy with the outcome absolutely hopefully ziggler will bring some credibility to that belt and if you really want to cock the gun pull the trigger and shoot a motherfucker let ziggler unify those titles i agree with what you said man absolutely it should be ziggler well i guess i was wrong about this possibly being a a match that would steal the show but it did have one thing going for it bronx you know what that was Tell me. Dolph Ziggler was in the match. That's true. Everything and they'll else? probably get the rematch. At, we'll get the rematch at Night of Champions, I'm sure. Well, maybe not. You'll get, it, you'll get it tomorrow night on Raw. <laughs> Possibly. You know, let's let's fucking get. All right. The Miz and Movie flopped. Let's give him his rematch tomorrow night. Let him job out in five minutes and go back into fucking obscurity. Either that or they'll put it back on the Miz tomorrow night on Raw. <laughs> oh, God. Don't even say that. Oh, I don't like when you like say shit like that because you're good at predicting things don't don't say negative things on this show please knock on wood let's let's pray that doesn't happen oh man well i you know it's funny how you had a former wwe champ in the miz you had a former albeit brief uh world heavyweight champion in ziggler and they both are vying for the IC belt. And now, of course, Ziggler has the IC belt. But let's not forget, he was a former world heavyweight champion. Well, he was. Uh, he was a world heavyweight champion twice. I don't really count the first time because he didn't win the belt. He was awarded the belt. And then he lost it in that match with Edge moments after being awarded the title. So the only world championship that I really consider him having was the one where he beat Alberto Del Rio. Yeah, that's when he cashed in money in the bank, yeah. Which was still a huge moment. I mean, I wish I had been at that Raw in New Jersey. I was at my hotel that night, still in New York City, obviously, getting ready to leave the next morning to come back to Calgary. And we didn't have tickets to Raw, so we watched it you know, live from the, from the hotel room. And I wish I would have been in that atmosphere because the New Jersey crowd that night was just on fire. And that moment when Dolph Ziggler cashed in and won the title, it was just magic. Yeah, I think I forget because I know Harmony's cell phone had worked and I knew you guys were still in New York. And I think I had texted her. I, I can't remember. And I had said something like, wow, the pop Ziggler guy. It was like his music hit. I'm here to show the and before the word world even went out, the roof went off that place. It was crazy because he was a heel at the time. But, you know, the, the fans went eight shit crazy when Ziggler came out and then when he won the title they went even crazier so I mean uh, yeah that was a moment bro I agree with you on that well you know I got to give credit to Dolph Ziggler I mean here's a guy who's very talented very athletic 
who has been saddled with some really shitty gimmicks. I mean, if you go back and look at his track record of what he's done since being employed by WWE, he was at one point in time the bodyguard slash caddy of Kerwin White, formerly Chavo Guerrero, up until Eddie passed away, and then they got rid of that entire gimmick and brought Chavo back. Then he was a part of the Spirit Squad. And as a part of the Spirit Squad, he was one half of the tag team champions, mind you. But from that, he went on to this Dolph Ziggler gimmick where they initially tried to kill this gimmick in the beginning where he'd walk around the backstage area and he'd introduce himself. My name is Dolph Ziggler. And that's all he would say. So from a guy who was booked as a joke to where he is now, he's done a lot. And I I just want to see more for this kid because I think he's uber talented. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. It's, it's going to be cool now to see how he runs with this IC title and how this title reign will work. Um, I mean, you know, the, the Miz, you know, they did it to pump out his movie and now that's over. So, eh, you know, we'll see what happens with the Miz after this. I guess he's going back to Hollywood. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, looks like now we're setting up for oh, the God. Divas Championship match. This is your bathroom break, folks. If you need to go, you may as well go now. As Paige is skipping down to the ring, it's Mahoose, Bronx, Mahoose. Today, I'm going to get back the WWE Divas title from AJ Lee. He's bringing Mahoose. Oh, my God. Well, shit, I would have thought they'd probably try to put a match on in this slot that would get people up a little bit. I mean, I know Ziggler won the title, but it wasn't a long match. I mean, it's rather early for hot dogs and to go take a piss. I mean, it's, you know. I would have thought that they would have sandwiched this somewhere in between, I don't know, the, one of the main event matches. Just so you had some cool down, you know. Uh, but, wow, we're starting this off with the second match of the night. So it's Paige taking on AJ Lee, the current Divas champion. Uh, and it's for the Divas championship. And, uh, you know, Bronx and I have talked about this numerous times on Unplugged over the last few weeks. I could care less about this match. I mean, seriously, uh, I'm not invested in either one of these girls. I think that Paige is talented, but she has been shoved down our throats worse than a Linda Lovelace porno. Yeah, they tried. I mean, they tried everything they possibly could, and it's just been like, wow, just lackluster. I mean, the whole way this went down, guys, was even originally like kind of lame, you know. Paige shows up fresh out of NXT, cuts a promo on fucking AJ, challenges her for the title, wins the title. AJ Lee goes off for about a month or two to, I guess, do some nookie with CM Punk, comes back, does the same exact thing Paige did in reverse, and wins the title back. There's your history. I made it sound as exciting as it really was. And it all started the day after WrestleMania. AJ left to get married. She came back. She got the title back. Yeah, I mean, I just see but the thing we always say is, I mean, we, we have to exclude Natty because apparently they're just unfortunately, for whatever reason, not going to do anything. Who else can you put this belt on? I mean, Naomi was really someone who I thought could have ran with this title for a while. But then, you know, she got hurt. But, you know, she's been back for a while. I don't know why she's not in this mix. I mean, I'm I'm hoping that if AJ goes over tonight, her next challenger might be Naomi. Naomi is the one diva on this roster that fucking deserves that shot. She had a shot. She got injured. She persevered. She came back from injury. And she's nowhere near where she needs to be. 
Uh, again, Paige is the flavor of the week. I just do not get into her. I thought she was great on NXT when she was having matches with, with Emma and half of the Divas roster there. But on the main roster, I, I, I just don't find her entertaining. She can wrestle, absolutely. I'm not going to take that away from her. But her character development has been absolute shit. Her title reign as Divas champion is less. Uh, do you remember it? Because, I, you know, unless you would have told me, yeah, you know, she was champion for like two or three months. It's really forgettable. There's nothing that she did during that time that stood out that made her anything special other than a, a transitional champion for AJ Lee to come back from her honeymoon. And it, it sucks because, like I said, the girl's talented, and I expect better, but we didn't get that. Well, they rushed her, bro. They, they, they just rushed everything like so quickly with her. It was like she shows up. She wins the title. I'm like, What? You know, they had no character. The only people they really brought up from NXT recently that they did great character development with was the freaking um, the Wyatts because we got all those video promos for weeks upon weeks upon weeks. And then, oh, my God. Wow. AJ just had her boobs flattened on the uh, on the ringside area. The barrier, if you will. Damn. You thought they were small before. They just got smaller, folks. Nah, her boobs are fine. Leave my girl alone. I tell you what, man. While we're talking, this is we're, we're talking about boobs. Let's go ahead and uh, make our quick picks. I'll start this one off. I just don't really see Paige winning the title here. Uh, gonna go with AJ Lee. Why? Because there's really no other option, folks. AJ Lee retains the Divas Championship, and Ashley is pointing out in the chat room that the referee is former independent wrestler Drake Younger who recently signed a WWE contract. Wow. I, man, you know, <coughs> excuse me, Paige's title run flopped like a fish in the middle of the Mojave Desert. So I just can't see them doing it again. I think they put it back on AJ because they weren't happy with the way things were going with her. What sense at all would it make tonight? to put the belt back on page to keep this nonsense between the two of them going this should be it tonight i'm praying this is it i'm gonna agree i go aj to retain and then hopefully they move her on to somebody else for the record for night of champions i don't want a rematch let's put naomi in that spot and give her the belt yeah definitely i'm down with that no problem have the well i mean if aj wins there's, there's no need for a rematch you know, that's it. I'm telling you right now, Night of Champions, I'm boycotting the show if Eva Marie gets the fucking title shot. No, we'll have to do something then. I mean, I, I know you guys lo- like this show. We appreciate it. But, yeah, that would be like, I mean, what, you want to Sorry, man. There will be no Sunday night showdown if Eva Marie is the next challenger at Night of Champions. I will not do a show. I will not do it. Well, you mentioned it earlier about Flavor of the Week. If Eva Marie becomes a Flavor of the Week, well, if the Flavor of the Week at Baskin Robbins is, is shit, are you going to go buy your kid a cone? No, but apparently there is a new ice cream out. It's called Chicken Wing Ice Cream. So there you go. Okay. I can't imagine how great that must taste. Chicken Wing Ice Cream. Yeah. Man, you talk about, you know, specific marketing shit. <laughs> hey. I'll start that fucking racial shit on this show. I love chicken wings, man. Papa John's chicken wings, I love them. AJ's rolling Paige back into the ring. Setting Ooh. up for, I think, was supposed to be the Shining Wizard. Kind of botched, but she got it. 
Yeah, that was the barely lit wizard. It wasn't shining. It was it was kind of luminous, but not quite shining. Well, I think Paige might have fucked up her cue there. <laughs> Who would think that in a Divas match we'd have so many botches? I just don't know. Why, why, I never understood. Why does AJ have a picture of an x-ray on her fucking chest? Um, probably the same reason CM Punk used to have a shirt with, a, with an x-ray on his chest, too. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't get oh, it. Oh, they botched the Black Widow. Are you fucking kidding me? This is horrible. Tap, bitch, tap. Tap her right on the ass. Come on, do it. You know you want to. Wouldn't mind it. And Paige has countered with a DDT that looked pretty sick, man. Ouch. Wow. Paige fucking wins again, folks. Your new Divas champion, fucking Paige. Which means that more than likely, AJ will have a rematch clause at Night of Champions. (laughs) Fuck me. And the feud continues, ladies and gentlemen. Would you want to talk about taking a steaming shit? I'm, okay, look, they've been doing it for years, but that that fucking title, you couldn't trade that title right now for fucking a Snickers bar. It's worthless. Well, we're two matches into SummerSlam, and both are have been stellarly disappointing. Aside from the oh. fact that Dolph Ziggler won, there wasn't really much to talk about in that first match. And in the second match, there really isn't anything to talk about except for 90 botches and As page one. Pulls some hot lesbian action, but then throws AJ to the mat. Kicks her to the curb. As Kyle is letting us know in the chat room that today is Paige's 22nd birthday. So I guess you can win on your birthday in the WWE. That DDT, though, I have to say, was pretty sick. That's probably the best move I've ever seen her do. Well, the best part about that was the camera angle they had on AJ. So we are currently one and one. I can't believe they did this. This is like, out of all the matches that I knew I was sure of, it was this one. And I'm, the Davis, I'm the Davis champion. It's my house. Again. Oh. I hope AJ shows up for work tomorrow. I can just hear a cell phone ring in the locker room. You don't have to put up with this shit, baby. Come home. Fuck your contract. Well, maybe that's what happened earlier backstage today. Maybe she gave her notice. Who fucking knows? Birds of a feather flock together, you know? I don't know, bro, but <laughs> wow. Right now we're seeing a uh, promo for WWE 2K15, the pre-order exclusive, which is the stinger, if you will. Love this commercial, actually. Shit, what they spent on it, they better show it a few times. <laughs> In a market where they're cutting wrestlers and cutting costs, absolutely. They paid quite a bit. Oh, remember, J.J. and I are watching this for only $9.99. But at the same time, actually, WWE didn't pay for that commercial. 2K paid for it, so they're not cutting off, you know, employees and shit. Look, there's a sting person in the, in the crowd. Wow. That's right. an ugly sting. Damn. So we're two in, and our third match is now going to be the flag match, Rusev versus Jack Swagger. This has got a this pay-per-view i hope hopefully this match does not suck folks because so far i'm starting to regret that i bought SummerSlam for 9.99 on the wwe Uh, network oh no you're not (laughs) who cares why couldn't i have just found a fucking stream i don't get it man 
I, I can't believe it. Tomorrow I'm going to boycott the network. I'm going to go. I'd rather I'd rather spend fifty four dollars, but have principles. Damn it. Oh, man. I You know, I saw a bunch of that shit over the last couple of days. People on fucking various message boards. I don't want to watch WWE on the network. I don't want to pay $10 for it. Where can I find a free stream? Fucking cheapskate motherfuckers. It's $10. In German, it's nine nine nine. It's easy. Come on. Huh? I'm sorry. I was too busy staring at Lana, who's wearing her virgin white tonight. Ooh. Lana and Virgin just don't go hand in hand. No. But she does look pretty hot tonight, I got to say. Oh, dude, when doesn't she? Well, that's that's the real mystery. When doesn't she? I don't know. I mean, look, man, kudos to Rusev. Whether you, I know a lot of people hate the guy, and you should. He's a wretched, you know, fucking Russian sympathizer heel. But kudos to him, man, for having that to lay down next to every night. I, I can't help but look up to the man. I'm sorry. Kudos those, to him. For those of you not in the know, as Bronx so eloquently pointed out, uh, when he goes home tonight, she'll be right there with him because they are, in fact, a couple. I'm telling you, man. I mean, who? here's a guy who, even if they end up burying him, who cares? Because you know what? Rusev could be broke. He could be living in a cardboard box under the overpass. But if Lana's laying next to him in that freaking box... He's still a lucky man. He's still better off than all of us. Yeah, but do you honestly think that if he wasn't working for this company, she'd be with him? Do you think that if he was let go tomorrow and was living under a box, she'd be with him? Fuck no. She'd be finding the next guy to fucking manage. Yeah, she can come my way. I ain't saying she a gold digger. But she ain't fucking with no broke, broke, Russian. That's right. See what I did there? Unfortunately, I did. <laughs> Go back on the bread line. You have to go. You know, I like the Lana promos. Not so much to hear what she's saying, just to look at her. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. They're not showing the best half, though. I want to see them legs. Both of them are from the waist up right now. I know. She got two legs that go up and make an ass of themselves, I tell you. Oh, wow. Maybe her legs are so long because that bun is tied so fucking tight. It's just pulling up on them. I ain't the buns I'm talking about, Bronx. Uh, I tell you, man, she has a career as long as Rusev is over because she's, he's done no talking. He's done less talking than fucking, you know, Brock has. Bro, she has a career no matter what. Doesn't matter if Rusev doesn't fucking work out and they get somebody else. She's got a career. I'm not, I'm not worried about Lana at all. And, and to be honest, over the last few months, I've been really impressed with the progression of Rusev. On NXT, I couldn't stand him. I hated his original gimmick where he had, like, the fucking uh, Croatian-looking outfit where he'd come down and it looked fucking like... Look like, Have you ever seen Hostel? Yes. It looked like one of those outfits that the guys in Hostel would wear before they, like, fucking carve your ass up and shit. You yeah. know? And he would, like, take it off and he would, like, bow to it and shit. I fucking hated that stuff. I didn't think he was very impressive when I'd watch him on NXT, but over the course of the last six months... Uh, he's actually improved. And to be honest, he beat the shit out of Mojo Raleigh, which automatically, in my book, elevated him like, you know, 100%. So I'm wondering if I should go on Twitter and bitch about how I'm getting rid of the network. You know, I had my first glitch tonight. I had a refresh. So that's one. See, Not bad. We're, you know, 30 I, plus minutes into it. That was my first glitch. It's okay. It's working fine now. I have been watching the WWE Network today on my Xbox One since about noon and 
I turned off my controller. It's been streaming nonstop on the live stream. In the time from noon till about 5.20, when I left my house to go grab dinner for me and Lexi, and got home at 5.45, as far as I know, it was still streaming fine. Like I said, up in, from noon till, till like 5.20, there was no issues. I came back. It was still on. No problem. I've yet to have a buffer, any kind of lag. It's going great. Yeah, it's fine for me, too. That was just my first freeze. And knowing PCs, it was probably fucking Flash's fault and not even the networks. But I'm liking this intro here with both guys, you know, waving their flags and Rusev is all pumped up. I think it's cool that they brought out the color squad for Swagger. Nice little touch. Whoa. It's always nice to have the honor guard come down and bring you down to the ring as Zeb picking up the American flag from the ring. Thank God it didn't hit the floor. Yeah, these guys are about to go at it big time. Here we go. Uh, Rusev is slipping. There must be an oil spot from when the Miz got his ass fucking kicked. What the fuck is going on here? Well, the match hasn't started, Bronx. Swagger put on the ankle lock, and everyone's going crazy. Yeah, Ring but, the bell, but, damn yeah it. exactly, but the match hasn't officially started yet. Uh, I hate not having sound. I know Lana's pissed. So does anybody know the rules to this flag match? Because I keep hearing they've been changing all night. As Rusev is claiming that his ankle is hurt, he can't wrestle right now. Wow. Great psychology as he's going to lure them in. Oh, absolutely. Ring the goddamn bell. <laughs> Rusev is going to attack Swagger, start beating the shit out of him, then they're going to ring the bell. Of course. Oh, no, it's Swagger going in for the kill. Look at this. Swagger's pissed off tonight. He's got that southern temper going, man. Well, he's representing America tonight. He's got to look good for the, for the American people. I All-American, you know, American, Oklahoman. That's right. The pride of a nation has their eyes locked on Jack Swagger, the great American hope, taking on that uh, Russian sympathizer, Rusev. Yeah, see, I just saw the American flag outside the ring. So I always thought in a flag match, didn't you have to pull down your flag from some type of suspension or get to your flag first and wave it and that's how you win? Or, I mean, yeah, what's I, up with this? Well, I think this is not a traditional flag match in that regard. And I think that uh, Farley is telling us in the chat room what's going on. Whoever gets the win or the, uh, you know, by pinfall, submission, whatever, they get to raise their flag. So it's kind of a different, it's basically a wrestling match with pins and submissions, and the winner gets to play with their flag. Well, the winner's going to wave their flag anyway. So it's kind of a stip that's like, okay. So it's, it's interesting that they did this. They should have just called it a match and, you know, not a flag match. But, you know, WWE logic, what do you do, right? Yeah, kind of weird. So since we're talking about the logic of WWE and their matches, Let's go ahead and jump into our quick picks. Uh, Bronx, go ahead and start us off. Swagger, Rusev, who, why, and what's going to happen? I, I would, I think, want Rusev to win just to keep this white, hot heel heat he's got. But I think to Vince McMahon and how he would feel if the Russian flag was waved triumphantly at the end of this match, for that only i think they're going to go with politically correct they're going to go with the safe win i think swagger goes over and gets to wave his flag now while he's waving it if he gets destroyed by rusev i'd be fine but swagger to go over 
I'm going to disagree. I, I think that, you know, I, I know that Vince McMahon is a patriot. But I think it would be a mistake to put Swagger over here. I just don't see an upside for Swagger. The people are only behind him right now because he's going against Rusev. If he wins this match tonight and then you put him in the ring with somebody next week on Raw or SmackDown, the people will not give a shit about Jack Swagger. I promise you. They're not into his gimmick. They're into the fact that he's the American going against the Russian. So I think Rusev needs to continue on the path that he's on. I see big things for him in the immediate future. I think they're building him up to be uh, one of the top villains in this company. And to me, it doesn't make sense for Jack Swagger to get the win here. you got to keep that momentum going. So I'm going to say I, I think Rusev is going to beat the crap out of Swagger. He's going to get the win probably by submission. And that's it. And that's where we're going from here. And will they pull the trigger on it? I don't know. It just makes logical sense to keep him going. You need to start building up that next guy that's going to be taking on the champion. You know, you need to have that next guy that John Cena is going to interact with. And I think Rusev is that guy. So for the sake of having Cena food or Roman Reigns food or anybody else that's getting a big push, I'm going to say Rusev goes over. Well, see, I get what you're saying. I could waddle my fat, fat ass out there to go up against Rusev and I'll get cheered. Because it's like anyone you would have put up against him is going to get cheered. So... That's where I think all the uh, babyface pop comes from for Swagger. And I kind of hope that if things go the way I'm seeing them, I kind of hope that Jack Swagger does lose here tonight and Zeb Coulter gets sick of backing a loser and fucking turns on him tonight. Mm, yeah, but then what do you do with Dutch? I don't know. You try to find that other great American to, to manage. Who knows? <laughs> No, I, I think he might have burned his bridges already. Yeah, can't wait to talk about that shit Tuesday. I mean, really, if, if you wanted to go that route with Angle, I'd rather see Angle come in and manage Jack Swagger. Because to me, that would actually build interest in Jack Swagger if you had Angle beside him. And Angle was trying to, you know, help him out. I, I think that would work better than Zeb Coulter. I just When I look at the track record of Jack Swagger, up until recently, going into this match, he really hasn't won anything. Like, he's won a couple matches on Raw and SmackDown leading into this match at SummerSlam. But before that, he lost pretty much every match he was involved with. When he and Cesaro were a tag team, who was the one that lost every match? Jack Swagger. So, I mean, really, at the end of the day, if you're Zeb Coulter, why are you still backing this kid? Yeah, that's true, as... Freaking Swagger just kicks freaking Rusev in the face, and Lana is looking on. Swagger gives Lana a look, and Lana's like, fuck you, American. And, and I don't dislike Swagger. I just, they, they've kind of, I think they've just kind of lost focus with him. I've always liked the kid. You know, he had a failed world championship run that they just gave up on, and it sucked. He wasn't ready for it. And he really hasn't recovered since then. And I was surprised they kept him around after last year. Well, you got to think about, too, if he wouldn't have had that incident where he got caught, you know, freaking high on weed in his car, and he would have gone up against ADR at WrestleMania, it was all set up. How would if his career have progressed if that all that shit hadn't gone down? And he would have faced ADR. Well, and I don't know that he would have won against ADR. I think he had a good chance of winning. As we just saw Rusev attempt a super kick. And Jack Swagger caught it with the ankle lock, but uh, Rusev quickly got out. Yeah, that ankle lock is the one thing that really is like, you know, the, the, the telling thing in this match. 
if he can hit it in the center of the ring, you know, Rusev has had problems with it as anyone else has. So, but then again, Rusev has the accolade. So both of them have really good finishers that are going to come into play. Someone's tapping the fuck out. That's what I think. Whoever wins this, someone's tapping out. Uh You're not going to get a pinfall victory. Rusev just kicked the face right off of Jack Swagger. Uh, Yeah, saw that. (laughs) Shit. I think somewhere in the fucking front row is Jack Swagger's jaw. Somebody might want to fucking go get that shit. Yeah, so what could return Jack Swagger's lower teeth to him? He'd be greatly appreciative. As Rusev is setting up for the accolade, but he can't because his ankle hurts. Uh, why is he selling this now? He was fine the whole match. No, he's been selling it all throughout the match. Well, yeah, but you don't really need your ankle to put this move on. Look, motherfucker, he's selling better than The Miz. Shut the fuck up. Okay, <laughs> it's true. Ooh, he's got that shit cinched in on Jack Swagger. He's got it a little differently applied, as you notice. He's not, uh, you know, on both feet, but he does have. Uh, he does have now. Now he is. He does have it essentially locked in well. But Jack Swagger reverses out and counters with an ankle lock as Rusev is getting to the ropes. But Jack Swagger brings him back to the middle. I'm oh. loving. I'm loving the false finishes here. Rusev selling like a champion. He might not talk a lot, guys, but he's selling the shit out of this ankle lock. Good for him. And he's trying to get to that rope. He's almost there. Oh, and Swagger pulls him back into the center of the ring. Oh, Oh, this is cool. Nice counter to the ankle lock. That's the only counter you got when you're in the middle of the fucking ring. Oh, shit. What a kick by fucking. Rusev, Swagger is fucked up, and Rusev is selling that ankle yet again. Wow. He just did his own version of the uh, spinning heel kick, did Rusev. Follows it up with a big splash to Jack Swagger, and back to the accolade as he wants Swagger to submit. He wants that tap-out victory on the American hero. Oh, he's got it in the center of the ring. He's pulling back on it. I got a feeling this could be it, folks. Or do you think, JJ, you think Swagger just passes out here? We end, He doesn't tap. He just goes out. I think if they want to save face with Jack Swagger, then he has to just pass out. If you have him tap out here, then all of America will hate Jack Swagger for letting down the nation. Referee oh, has oh. stopped it. The referee has stopped it. So Jack Swagger has not officially submitted. So they did exactly what we thought they were just going to do. Jack Swagger did not submit. He was unconscious. The referee called for the bell and gave the victory to Rusev. Swagger never officially submitted. You know what? I'm fine with this. I like it. Yeah, I like it. I like it. Swagger still looks good. Rusev still looks like a beast as Lana is talking shit to Dirty Dutch. I love it. No, that was a good finish. I like that. Yeah, it was a good match, a very technical match, but oh, no, no, he fucking didn't. You just made Rusev Satan. Beautiful. That's what you needed to do. Beautiful. He kicks this old man. What a piece of shit. I love it. I love this. And ladies and gentlemen, SummerSlam, a star is born. Absolutely. That's what they needed to do right there. Man. Like he couldn't have any more heat. 
<laughs> I know he's got the hot chick. He's Russian, or he's he's a Russian sympathizer. You know, he beat Jack Swagger, even though Swagger didn't submit, and then he kicks the old man. I'd say that's some heel heat right there, folks. Job yeah. well done, WWE. I mean, somewhere the Iron Sheik has to be looking on in awe. Somewhere the Iron Sheik is mad. Fucking bullshit. This is my gimmick long before his. I take Rusev, put him in my own accolade. I fuck him in ass, make him humble. And this then I fuck a lot. I make up pregnant. This fucking gimmick. I put him in the camel clutch. I put my dick in his ass and make him humble. Fucking bullshit. And then I steal Lana. Actually, you know what? Sheik is probably sitting back with a smile on his face because I'm sure he paid the $9.99 for the WWE Network to watch this pay-per-view. Damn, that kick looked that kick to freaking Zeb looked pretty good, man. It didn't look like he pulled it, and Zeb is out. I mean, he's selling. He's completely out. For those of you in the chat room that are debating how many seconds he was in the accolade, it doesn't matter. He got his head kicked off before he was put in the accolade, which pretty much knocked him the fuck out. Like I said, somebody in the front row has the rest of his jaw. Oh, now that they put the Amer the Russian flag on the fucking Tron, and the crowd is raising the U.S. flag, they are pissed. What? Well, here's your screen cap for the night, guys. You guys have oh. seen you guys have seen the Zabruder film, correct? You know what I'm talking about, Bronx? Yeah. Well, you know the shot where where Kennedy gets shot, and then you see his head explode, and then you see brain matter and fragments on the back of the car, and you see Jackie reach over to grab what she can and get back in the car. It was kind of like that with Jack Swagger's jaw. Jesus Christ, dude. So he okay. was pretty much knocked the fuck out. Yeah, oh, okay. That's, that's you, a you nice... You see where I'm going? Yeah. You see where I'm going there? Picking up brain matter. Yeah, that's a nice analogy. Thank I'm, you. I'm just saying. That's why he was knocked the fuck out. Oh, man, and man... Freaking Lana has a look on her face like, you're getting fucked tonight. <laughs> Rusev, crush my pussy. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we're going to take our first commercial break of the <laughs> evening. We'll be back with more Sunday Night Showdown right after this, folks. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! Oh, you didn't know? It's me, it's me, it's that D-O-double-G, the road dog, Jesse James. And you're listening on the SNS Radio Network. And if you ain't down with that, I got two words for you. Suck it. Hey there, old school wrestling fans. This is your personal ring announcer, Sean Beckerman here, reminding you to download the Pro Wrestling Nostalgia podcast known as Beyond the Bell each and every week on the SNS Radio Network. You know that I'm the cream of the crop. From WCW, ECW, WCCW. The cream of the crop. Back to the NWA, AWA, World Wrestling Federation, to now WWE. 
we cover it all. Famous feuds, our 101 series, the Horseman Files, old school music, greatest managers, tag teams, promos, you name it. Beyond the Bell covers it. Kiss stealing, woo, wheeling, dealing, limousine riding, jet flying, son of a gun. So tune in each and every week on the SNS Radio Network and go old school with Beyond the Bell. What you gonna do when the largest arms in the world in Hulkamania destroys you? Hey guys, JJ Sexay here. Are you looking for the latest news in both professional wrestling and mixed martial arts? Well, check out www.wrestling-online.com. Sign up for one of the longest-running newsletters in professional wrestling over 16 years. And just like Wrestling News Live, it's absolutely free. Join over 27,000 other subscribers, wrestling-online.com. You will learn to pronounce my name properly. Wrestling dash online.com Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson. And make sure you're checking out SNS Unplugged each and every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, as myself and Bronxzilla, Tony J. Marabella, bring you the latest news of the week sponsored by Wrestling-Online.com, the NXT Rewind with Anthony Farley, everything that went down on Raw via the Raw Reaction, Plus your phone calls and emails. And you never know what craziness might happen on the show. Once again, every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, SNS Unplugged, exclusively on the SNS Radio Network, www.snsradionetwork.com. It's unscripted, uncensored, unbelievable. It's unplugged. to Sunday Night Showdown with continuing coverage of WWE's live special events with Bronxzilla, Tony J. Mirabella, the great white Mark the Shark DiCarlo, 
Harmony Boom Boom Jackson, and Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson. Well, to be fair, at least Mr. Money on the mic, Jeff Jackson, and Bronxzilla, Tony J. Mirabella. The rest of us are, well, not available for tonight, but uh, the dynamic duo, as we are, are here bringing you live pay-per-view coverage of SummerSlam, the biggest party of the summer, as we're setting up for Ambrose versus Rollins in a lumberjack match. Joining me, as always, he's my co-host all the way from New York City. He is Tony J. Mirabella. You know, you're probably going to be ashamed of me. You know what I was doing during the break? I was actually tweeting. I was going to say, don't ask, don't tell. <clears throat> Fucking Ambrose just coming to the ring like Frankenstein, man. You know, He just he, looks fucked up. Look at him. Uh, he looks like he's ready to go. You know, Ambrose to me, and I've said this many times before, I think is the breakout of the shield. I know that Roman Reigns is getting the big push right now. I know that Rollins is aligned with the authority. But to me, the loose cannon, the guy that's really making the most impact from breaking up, has been Dean Ambrose because the guy is just amazing. See, I got to say, man, and I don't know how you feel about this, JJ. I've, I've never asked you this, actually. I just never really cared for lumberjack matches. In my mind, they've always been just kind of a downer for me. I, I, I don't know, man. I just never cared for them. I don't know what you think. Well, I'm glad you asked me that because I'm going to give you my answer real quick before we jump into our quick picks. The thing I like about a lumberjack match, and I know a lot of people were bitching like, oh, fucking a lumberjack. Why are they doing this? This is a stupid stipulation. When you think about it, it's really not. The point of a lumberjack match is to have all the superstars surround the ring and contain what's happening inside the ring. If you notice, every time a man is, is sent to the outside, he's sent back in by the lumberjacks after they've taken their liberties with the guy. So... In my honest opinion, when Ambrose came up with the idea to have a lumberjack match, it made perfect sense because how many times have we seen Rollins run away rather than face Dean Ambrose? At least in this specific match type, there's no way that he's not going to face him in the ring. And every time he tries to get out, they're going to throw him back in. So it just made sense from that standpoint. You go back to the old uh, territory days or the old days before the WWE Network and before there was only one brand in town. And the uh, Lumberjack match was a way to end feuds, along with a cage match. So I'm all for it. I like the idea. At first, I was like, why that match? But then I thought about it, and it made sense. So, yeah, I'm, I'm fine with the Lumberjack match. Yeah, I'm good with it as long as you have impartial Lumberjacks. I just hate, you know, which it looks like is what we're getting here. I just hate when you fucking have, like, all heels or all face Lumberjacks. To me, that just kind of makes it ridiculous. Well, no, they usually have one side surrounded by heels, the other side surrounded by the faces. So you... You typically throw your heel out to the faces, and you throw your, your face out to the heels. So it kind of works. If you notice, Ambrose has gone out to, uh, well, it's kind of mixed. you got f heels and faces out there as Kofi and Sin Cara and Bo Dallas are all trying to throw him in, and everybody else is trying to stomp on him. So it, they've kind of changed it up a little bit. Now it's, there is some impartiality. Even if you're not on the SummerSlam card, you can be at least a lumberjack. All you have to do is believe. That's great. But, 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 but do, do a favor for me. Can, can you do it in that voice, but say, too bad Vince McMahon's lost all hope in me. Maybe someday I'll get another push. All I have to do is believe. It's so horrible that 
for some reason, Vince McMahon lost all hope in me after four fucking weeks. But I'll be back on the main roster again soon. All I have to do is believe. That's perfect. <clears throat> That's absolutely perfect. Uh, Just that shit already. So did I do the last quick pick first or did you? Oh, man, I was got so into that match, I forgot. I think you did. I'm not positive, though. I think so, too. So we'll go ahead and ha- throw it to you. Who's winning this time? Man, this is a tough one. I mean, Seth Rollins, as we mentioned this on Unplugged, I think he's kind of flopped since going heel and becoming like an authority bitch. It just, it just for me, hasn't worked out for him. Ambrose is so hot. Ambrose is so on top right now. I just got to go with my gut and say that they're going to put it on Ambrose tonight. He's going to, well, not put any title on him, but put the win on him. So Ambrose goes over. I'm sorry. Did I hear Ambrose is so hot? Ambrose is on is, is on top right now. You just said that shit in the same sentence. You, did did I hear that correctly? That came out the wrong way. You know what I fucking mean. Told you, brother. Don't ask, don't tell. We won't judge you. I ain't telling you shit anymore. Give <laughs> your goddamn pick. Oh, let me see. Uh, I could go the Mark the Shark to Carlo pick and you know take up the rest of this match with it, or the rest of the fucking SummerSlam card with it. Brock Lesnar will be in the ring, and you'll still be going. This is true. You know, he actually did send me those picks, and I didn't even think to look at those. <laughs> I'm sure he appreciates that. <laughs> well, maybe in a minute I'll open up my Facebook browser on my phone and pull those up, but I just remembered that. He actually did send me his picks, and I have not, um, I have not yet read those off. So I will make sure that next time we do quick picks, we do his. And I'll make sure that I, uh, I adjust and give out what's happened so far. So. We got dead lumberjacks on the outside. We do have. As Ambrose right now is trying to get through the lumberjacks, trying wow. to get to Rollins. He's being held back by Biggie. Well, Biggie. He's not Langston anymore. Apparently, we dropped last names. Everybody's got the first name thing going on now. Yeah, we should. We should do that. It's just for now on. It's just Jay and Bronx. There you go. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. My, my quick pick is simple. I'm going with Ambrose for the win. I think that Ambrose needs the win. I mean, Rollins will be fine if he doesn't win here. but uh, And truthfully, probably Ambrose will too. But for my money, I think to end this feud, you've got to go Ambrose. As I'm having the first problem with my stream tonight is it's frozen. Awesome. Yeah, I had mine before, and I, I don't know how the hell you refresh on the next box, but I think if you do that, you'll be fine. Yeah, we'll see what happens. And As it's, Dean it's <laughs> Dean Ambrose dives off one of the announce tables, takes out about three guys. Oh, that was nice. Although, looked like Dean landed on his fucking head. Won't bother him. This crazy motherfucker. So they, they've actually taken it outside the ring as they're fighting in with the fans right now. Yeah, what well, shit. So much for containing it in the ring with the lumberjacks. Way to go, no, guys. Hold on. Had- in a lumberjack match, there is no count out, correct? Vince McMahon is sitting in the back. God damn it. They had one job. One job to keep him in the goddamn ring. One job. And they can't get it right. Damn, they're fighting on the fucking steps that leads up to, like, the top of the freaking the cheap seats. Holy shit. Shouldn't the lumberjacks be chasing him? <laughs> oh, it's corporate Kane, JJ. Corporate fucking Kane is coming out to restore order. Can, can we maybe get him a new gimmick? Can he be Candy Cane? <laughs> he comes out in a red and white striped suit. That could work. 
He looks like a fucking peppermint. Oh, man, just let him go, man. Fuck corporate Kane. Fuck. I'm so sick of this shit. Because, you know, it was over. It was over like Rover last time he did it. As Kane's telling them, go get the motherfuckers. Come on. Let's get this shit going. Come on. You're lumberjacks. God, what the fuck? God damn it, Captain. I'm a lumberjack, not a bounty hunter. Oh, shit. Wow. It, okay. This looks extremely dangerous. Uh, Yeah. What the fuck? And the camera angle here, I can't see shit. They're zooming all the way out. I just saw a Ryback carrying someone. It's the guy from Catering you bullied. Oh, that was last year. Never mind. Oh, shit. Was that, was that Mystico that just got his head bounced off one of the fucking barricades? No, Mystico's in Mexico. Not Mystico. Whatever the fuck his name is this week. Sin Cara. It's, it's, it's a Hunacara. Hunacara. Okay. As we see Seth Ro Oh, shit. Seth Rollins talking shit, and the, the face lumberjacks have him right now. Led by, apparently, Stardust. And they are bodily carrying Rollins to the ring. This is great. <laughs> so right oh, now, right now, the lumberjacks on my end are carrying him as Dean Ambrose has ascended the top rope and has jumped off onto Rollins, or, yeah, has jumped off onto Rollins and taken out Rollins and all the lumberjacks. Wow. Okay, we're back in line. We're good. Yeah, fucking Ambrose taking it. Well, Ma'am, I didn't think WWE did a great job here. I thought that this was going to be kind of lackluster with this lumberjack shit, and this has turned out so far to be the most entertaining match. This shit is crazy. There's bodies everywhere. Oh, I, I had no doubt about it. This was going to be a, a show stealer. And Ambrose goes for his finish, but Rollins gets out of it and gets hit with an enziguri. And gets hit with a fucking lariat by by fucking Ambrose. Nice. The only problem I have with that is that it was kind of like the uh, it was kind of like the spot we saw earlier with Ziggler and Miz. Well, I mean, look at the background of these guys. They must know each other so well. It's like you know. Well, I'm sure they do. I just like psychology in my matches. So far, that's the only hiccup to this match I've seen. Everything else I've been enjoying. Oh, absolutely. Got to agree. It's crazy. Glad it's finally back in the ring. Dean Ambrose hitting a curb stomp on Seth Rollins. One of his own signature finisher moves. This will be something. Nah, he ain't going to get the cover here. One. No, no way. And Kane breaks it up and Goldust in the face of Kane. Goldust yes. got the taste knocked out of his mouth right there. And now all the Lumberjacks have entered the ring. Fuck Kane. Get that motherfucker. Oh, shit. It's turned into a Pier 6 brawl. It's a free-for-all, y'all. That's it. It's over. It's crazy. Fucking Harper just threw somebody over the top rope. Yeah, as the network is starting to piss me off, but that's a story for another day. Harper goes to attack Ambrose, but gets knocked out of the ring. Rowan gets clotheslined out of the ring, and Seth has the fucking briefcase and nails Dean Ambrose in the dome. That's it. Rollins Dang. has won the Lumberjack match courtesy of the briefcase. I don't call him Mr. Money in the Bank for nothing. He stole it, but you know what? Not bad. Great match. Yeah, my picks suck again tonight. I think I'm just going to give up doing them officially. Just do them on SNS. Do what on SNS? The, my picks, because my picks suck.
Well, you know what? Like I said, either one winning this match was fine. I just wanted to see the match, and I'm not disappointed with the match at all. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the whole corporate Kane intervention. I, I don't like the gimmick. I don't like the character at all. Love the fact that everybody got involved in the match, and then Rollins stole it with slapping him with the briefcase. It was great. Yeah, for a match that I didn't have, you know, too high hopes for as far as, you know, the whole lumberjack shit. It turned out to be really good. The fighting in the crowd, I mean, was great. All the lumberjacks saying, you know, screw this cane and then getting in each other's faces and it turning into a brawl. And I think they need to continue this. I don't think, hey, you know what? We, we might see. I wonder if the two of them could pull it off. Ambrose could sure as hell pull it off. Dick Rollins could do if it gets to the point where we have to settle this in a hell in a cell, it might get to that level between these two. Well, usually your lumberjack matches your uh, your your finish off your blow off match, but this is pretty much the starter of this feud. So why not? It, I mean, it could happen at hell in a cell. You never know. I I could see these two in a ladder match for the briefcase at some point. Uh, maybe a hell in a cell match. Who knows? I mean, it looks to me like it's just really getting underway. Yeah, no, I agree. So I, I don't know, you know, how far they want to take it. Whether you, Well, ladder would be good, yeah, for the briefcase, absolutely. I think that's where it's going to go, where Ambrose is going to find a way to challenge him for that briefcase. It would be interesting. Man, right now we're, we're set, um, Go ahead, sorry. I'm saying we're setting up for Wyatt Jericho, it looks like here. I have not listened to Jericho's latest podcast, but apparently Bray Wyatt appeared on it. He called in and... I guess there was an interaction between the two. So not only are they really selling this feud, they're using Jericho's podcast to sell it as well. Yeah, that's why I don't like when guys who are still in the business like have a podcast because it's like, you know, it's, it's going to get worked. Which is fine. I mean, I'm actually looking forward to this match more so than the one I looked forward to last year with Kane. You know, it's funny. I've been watching the network all day. And when I started watching earlier today, they went back to, uh, what was it, SummerSlam 2008. And I watched a couple matches. Uh, I watched the Triple H versus Great Khali title match for the WWE Championship. And I thought, you know, I don't remember seeing this match the first time around. I was morbidly intrigued. And it wasn't as bad as I thought. But, I mean, how could it be? It's Triple H. Believe it or not, Great Khali actually had a competent match with Triple H. I was impressed. Wow. But the most memorable match from SummerSlam that year was the main event, which was not for a title. It was Edge versus Undertaker in a Hell in a Cell. Yeah, I remember that. And that shit was wicked. Watching the Undertaker beat Edge. I mean, we're talking tables, ladders, chairs. We're all involved in this. And the, fi the, the, the finality to it all was that the Undertaker stood on the ladder and chokeslammed edge through the ring and then the fire came up so he choke slammed him to hell and that was the last image you saw before that particular uh, pay-per-view went off the air but uh i remembered that i just didn't remember the triple h versus kali match or anything else from that particular pay-per-view but I, I did remember the hell in a cell yeah i don't remember triple h versus kali either until you just brought it up well since we have some downtime before this match starts do you have any favorite SummerSlam moments from years past? I mean, they can be from, you know, the first SummerSlam back in 1988 to last year, the year before. Uh, you know, give me a favorite memory of yours. 
Man, you know, a lot of the SummerSlams, I mentioned this in chat, like in the early 90s, featured some great matches by uh, Bret Hart. You know, whether we like the guy or not. I mean, he had some really memorable SummerSlam matches. You know, anything th that he was involved in in SummerSlam was really excellent back in the day. Uh, also, you know, you got to think back to, you know, Warrior and Honky Tonk Man. That, to me, as a child, had to be my best memory. I figured you were going to go there because you've talked about that before. And, and I remember that. I didn't see that live. But I remember going back and watching it after the fact, and I thought, man, you know, Warrior comes in, and in less than 30 seconds, he's the champion. I mean, he just nails him with the clothesline and the splash, and it's over. Yeah, you know what I think it is about SummerSlam that that's always been cool is, like, it's, you know, it really makes you feel like, okay, this is it. You know, it's back to school, back to work. The summer's winding down. It's always been in August. It used, I think it used to be a little later in August than it is now. But it's almost like the wrestling fans' Labor Day. Does that make sense? It does. I was just watching uh, Bray Wyatt make his entrance, and we were talking about this not more than 30 minutes ago when the Rusev and Swagger match was going on. Remember when I said I wasn't a fan of Rusev when he came out with the fucking apron from Hostel? Well, apparently Bray Wyatt has found it and worn it down to the ring tonight. Look at the jacket, JJ. Holy fuck. I, I hate to admit it, that is dope. That is dope right there. <laughs> I want that jacket. I want that for Christmas so I can hang it on my fucking, like, I don't need a tree. I just need that jacket. We can the hang the presents under the fucking jacket. For those who aren't watching the pay-per-view, the jacket has light strung vertically throughout it. And they actually, like the musical Christmas lights, they change color. They're electronically controlled. That, is, that made my night right there. That is fucking awesome. I have to mark out for that. That jacket is cool as a motherfucker. I'm sorry. That was pretty badass. <clears throat> Some of my favorite SummerSlam moments would be SummerSlam 2002. Uh, I really enjoyed Brock versus Rock. Uh, but also on that particular card... I really enjoyed Triple H and Shawn Michaels. That was Shawn Michaels' first match back since 1998. And that was the feud with Triple H where, you know, he turned on him. They were, they were DX together, and, he, you know, he, he turned on him and, and, you know, attacked him in the parking lot, and then Shawn Michaels came back after that career-threatening injury and had a great street fight with him. Probably one of my all-time favorite SummerSlam matches right there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Are you kidding me? Without a doubt. There's so many SummerSlam memories. It, it's just like, you know, again, this is their number two. They consider it their number two pay-per-view. It's right next to WrestleMania. So, you know, it, it is what it is. You're always going to have historical matches on SummerSlam. Always one pay-per-view I always look forward to. I also really enjoyed the, uh, what was it, SummerSlam 90, I want to say 91 or 90, no, it was 92. Uh, no, 91 when they had the, the match made in heaven, the match made in hell which was the marriage of the Macho Man and Elizabeth. And then they had the, 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 the uh, six-man tag that was Slaughter, Adnan, and Mustafa, a.k.a. Iron Sheik versus uh, the Warrior and Hogan. Yeah, I remember that. That was, the, that was the infamous night that the Ultimate Warrior supposedly held up Vince McMahon for all that money and then was fired that night after the match was over. 
Yeah, and Vince claims he still paid him the money. Yeah. But we, we've recently found out that not only was he owed that money, that was his WrestleMania bonus that he hadn't been paid. So he really wow. didn't hold him up for any money other than what was already agreed upon in the contract. That story neglected to make the rounds until recently. Oh, how could we forget one of my sickest SummerSlam moments? I was just sitting here as you were talking, thinking and thinking. That ladder match, man. Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon. Yeah. Well, even 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 sicker than that match. The one in the one they had in ninety five wasn't as good as to me as the WrestleMania ladder match because they didn't want to use the uh the ladder as a weapon. That was the stip in it. But it was a great ladder match. But I think the sickest ladder match in SummerSlam history has to be uh, the TLC2 between the Hardys, Dudleys, and Edge and Christian. Oh, fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. I mean, you could pick. I don't. I think one was slightly better by about point million percent. But both of those TLC matches, one and two. Definitely, man. No doubt. See, I thought TLC2 was at Mania. No, I think that. No, that was the first TLC. Oh, okay. Maybe that's where I got them mixed up. Yeah. But absolutely. Oh, please. Some sick. Fr- you know, we we talk about Edge earlier, not to get off track from this match, but he has been through some hellacious bumps and some hellacious matches, man. He really has. Oh, he has. Absolutely. Well, this match is underway as we're seeing Bray Wyatt pummeling on Chris Jericho right now. Uh, I'll go ahead and start things off. I got to say Bray Wyatt goes over here. Chris Jericho got the win last month. I think Bray has to win it just based on that to, to continue a feud if they want to go that way. Um, if Jericho wins two in a row, it's like he's already lost the war. So uh, the smart money is Bray Wyatt gets to win, and I think this is going to be a good match because both Bray Wyatt and Chris Jericho are both really really good performers, and I think their styles are going are gonna to mesh very well. So uh, I'm going to say Bray Wyatt. Yeah, I got I to gotta make us tied on this one. I'm going to say Bray Wyatt as well. I mean, Jericho, from all I've heard, isn't going to be there much longer. You know, he, he probably came back to do just this, put over Bray Wyatt. And I think that you have to. I mean, if Jericho beats Wyatt again, nothing Wyatt says, no matter how dark or creepy, is going to negate the fact that he lost twice to the guy. I mean, it's fine to talk shit. But but it's hard to talk shit when someone whipped your ass twice. So, I mean, Bray has to. I think it'd be a huge mistake. And I love Jericho, don't get me wrong. But it'd be a huge mistake for Jericho to go over tonight. Huge mistake. I think so, too. I mean, really, there is no way around it. Oh, love the physicality of Bray Wyatt as he just pulled Jericho into the ropes. That was fantastic. It's a, gu- a guillotine-type maneuver. Yeah, I mean, these two are going, you know. And we have to also mention the stipulation that uh, Harper and Rowan are banned, well, supposedly banned from ringside tonight because Jericho defeated both of them. Yeah. So, you know, are they going to stay gone? We'll have to wait and see. Well, chances are they'll probably at some point during this match interfere and, and cause a little bit of a distraction. Yeah, but would that be an instant DQ if they're banned? That's what I wonder. Because I don't want to see that shit. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of, like, the DQ finish. No, not at SummerSlam. That's some shit TNA will do. Not at a pay-per-view. I mean, well, I shouldn't say that. WWE's done it before, but, you know, <laughs> I hate when they do that shit in, in, at pay-per-views. No doubt. Any other SummerSlam moments to kind of reach out to you? Mm, 
I don't know, man. I'm trying to think. It's hard for me to remember what match was at what pay-per-view. Um, but, you know, th- there were just a lot of freaking moments at, at SummerSlam. It's like I said, it's like WrestleMania, you know. Well, I'm even, trying to think. Even if you go back to last year, uh, the 2013 SummerSlam, which I actually got a chance to watch that uh, before this pay-per-view as well. It was streaming on the network. Going back and, you know, we do this every pay-per-view Sunday when we're able to. And a lot of times we're watching the matches and we're into what we're doing, but we're also at the same time distracted as we're trying to have a radio show and, you know, talking amongst ourselves and kind of breaking down the action for people who maybe aren't watching the pay-per-view. So a lot of times we miss things, and I have no problems admitting that. But I went back and watched SummerSlam 2013 today, and I think I talked about this a little bit on the Facebook page with some people. But the CM Punk and Brock Lesnar match from last year was so much better to me when I watched it again as opposed to the night that we did watch it, which I thought it was a good match last year. But going back and watching, uh, you know, Punk and Lesnar from last year without anything going on, without doing a radio show, God, that match was so much better than I thought. Yeah, I think sometimes us as hosts, it, it detracts from the pay-per-view a little bit when we're talking and watching the pay-per-view and trying to remember things, it's you can never really get as absorbed into a pay-per-view as you want to, especially you, you know, you're producing and you've got a lot of shit going on and I've got a lot of shit going on the chat and everything, but it's, you're right. A lot of times you'll go back and watch a match and really concentrate on it. That wasn't a really bad match. I watched that match again about three or four months ago, I believe. And, yeah, no, you're right. It, it, it was a pretty damn good match. It was. Uh, talking about, well, I'm going to try and get my, my feed back. I just lost my uh, my feed, which is awesome. My God, Xbox, what are you doing to us? Hey, if worse comes to worse, I'll plug in my PS3. But this is the first outage I've had, so let's go back and see if we can do it. No, nope. Bray Wyatt goes for Sister Abigail. Chris Jericho reverses, gets a two-count. And now Jericho looks like he's going for the walls of Jericho. No, now he's pounding Bray Wyatt on the mat. He's trying to turn it, trying to turn it into the walls, and he's got it. The walls are on fucking Bray Wyatt. Yeah, As Bray is powering up, trying to power out of it. Oh, he can't. He's back down. Yeah, I'm watching him right now try to apply the walls of Jericho. So I'm, I've got a little bit. I just restarted the stream. But I am back, so that's good. Okay, I'll try to sync up with you again. But yeah, man. Oh, he's got it good. That's not the Walls of Jericho. That's a fucking Boston Crab. Walls of Jericho is a, is an elevated crab, not fucking sitting on something. That, that's fucking Rick Martell fucking God, Boston damn Crab. Damn it, I'm not used to doing play-by-play. It ain't my fault your stream went out, damn it. Wow, I've lost audio on my stream. This is awesome, but it's still going, so it must not be my stream. It must be the WWE stream. Has anybody else has anybody else lost sound on the stream? Me, I haven't had it from day one. <laughs> Fuck you, bitch! You don't count. <laughs> Just like when you vote, your vote doesn't count either, Bronx. Oh my God! Did you see that shit? I saw that. Bray Wyatt. Just like hung Jericho up on the top top rope, going for a three count, and we get wow, two and a half. So does everybody else watching the pay-per-view have sound? I have no sound on my pay-per-view. Not you, Bronx. I know that you don't. 
Yeah, but if you talk amongst yourself for one moment, I'll test it and see if I do have sound. Well, you do that because we just talked about some of the best moments in SummerSlam history. Now I want to talk about some of the worst. So you go ahead and test your sound. That's fine. When I think of some of the worst matches in SummerSlam history, wow. I got to say, the Ultimate Warrior versus the Honky Tonk Man. Yeah, it was the moment. I do have sound, by the way. It was the moment that was over. I mean, look, I don't want anyone to think that that was by any means a good match. I'm talking about as far as how it made me feel emotionally. But the match was shit. I mean, it was no match. It was horrible. Uh, pretty much any Divas match on SummerSlam probably would suck. Especially if uh, Paige is involved in it. So oh, I yeah. guess we could use the one from earlier tonight. That would work. Oh, yeah, why not? That'll go down as one of the biggest shit fests on a fucking SummerSlam. All right, let's try and get my stream back up. If I have one more fucking problem, I'm fucking... Uh, next time we take a break, I'm switching out my fucking consoles. Oh, good, we're back. Yeah, I got Bray Wyatt struggling to his feet. Jericho with a big clothesline in the corner. Streaming, got sound. We're good. Oh, nice dropkick by Jericho to Bray Wyatt. Oh, yeah, that was nice. As now you're ahead of me. I love the WWE Network. For only nine ninety nine, we get this aggravation. No doubt. It's still better than $54, though. That is true. Jericho getting to his feet. He's holding on to the what Jericho with wicked intentions as Bray is doing his crab walk thing backwards. I love how the faces sell this. Like, kick him in the back when he's doing that shit. Bray just said he cannot die. He's already dead. Okay. Oh, look. So, Jericho with a code breaker. He's TNA now. Oh, nice code breaker. This is a good match right here. One, two. Oh, Bray out of it. Looked like he was trying to get his, his foot under the rope, which would have worked too, but he actually hit the rope. That was nice. Yeah. I think it's going to be whoever can land a. I got a feeling of if you know whoever can land a finisher here, if Bray gets Sister Abigail, that's probably your ending. Oh that's shit! Oh my god! Bray Wyatt with the Sister Abigail into the barricade. That was sick. That was almost as bad as when he fucking did it into the wall. I still, I still say the one that was the sickest was the one he gave to Brian at the Royal Rumble when he jumped out of the ring and he caught him and hit it into the barrier that was sick yeah that's becoming one of those moves that he can hit out of nowhere yeah oh look at this he's bodily carrying jericho and rolling him back into the ring oh he's gonna hit another sister abigail as he's got jericho up in the middle of the ring this could be it kiss of death that's it it's academic and Bray yeah, Wyatt like, gets the uh, gets the win. They are now hey, one and one. I got a prediction right. Do you think we need a tiebreaker here, or would you leave it at this? Oh, no, they'll go for the tiebreaker. And then Jericho will take a vacation for a while. Well, see, the good thing about this is now Bray can really just say, you know, all that shit you were talking about, Jericho, the three-on-one, well, I beat you. My boys were nowhere in sight. And that's it. Jericho has no excuses. He lost. Fair and square. Yep. And it was a good match. 
Absolutely. This is the way to do it. You know, you put Bray Wyatt over. Kudos to Jericho, man, because I think he knows his role when, they, when he comes back for a few months to put a guy over. And he's really been doing that. And he did that with, uh, with oh, as they just saw, showed that replay of Bray, that fucking Abigail into the, that was it right there. That Abigail into the freaking barricade, I think that was the beginning of the end. Well, I mean, you got to admit, though, too, Jericho, uh, obviously he does know his place on the card. He doesn't come back to get runs for the title. He's not looking to do that. He's a part-time guy. He comes back. He works a part-time uh, schedule. His job is to come in and, and help get talents over. I thought he did a great job of getting Fandango over, and then after that feud, it was Fandango you know, floundered. He got injured. He came back from injury and floundered, which is sad because I think that Johnny Curtis is doing a great job as Fandango. And he had a lot of momentum until they just kind of gave up on him. Kind of like what they're doing with Bo Dallas now, apparently. Uh, you know, I think Bray has got a following. I don't think that he's in danger of losing any of his steam regardless. Even if he had lost tonight, I don't think it would have killed him. But it makes more sense for him to go over and ultimately tie things up. And I think in, in the finale, when they do have their third and final match, I think you got to put Bray Wyatt over. And I love how Bray's cutting the promo and the audience has all the cell phone lights on. And then you just get dip and it goes to black. And now we have a commercial on the fucking special event. Well, you have the commercial from the people sponsoring the pay-per-view. So, yes, that's why you have commercials. And I'm okay with commercials on a pay-per-view. You know why? Because it's revenue for the WWE. And that's, why, is- we, that's why we're able to have a network for $9.99. What are tackies? Those things look nasty. They look like some kind of chips. Ugh. All right. But anyway, uh, let's go back to what we were talking about a few minutes ago, bad SummerSlams. I think Anthony Farley brought up SummerSlam 1995. Aside from the one match that I talked about, the Razor and Sean that Bronx brought up for the uh, what was the Intercontinental Championship at the time. Uh, yeah, I think the main event was what, Kevin Nash and Mabel? Well, that put fucking asses in seats, let me tell you. Yeah, no doubt. Anytime you've got Mabel, it's like, ugh. Yeah, Mabel, that was Mabel versus Diesel is your main event. Boy, that was a fucking barn burner. Let me tell you. Yeah, I remember that. Ugh. Remember SummerSlam '96? That was the year that Shawn Michaels ended up. Uh, he was the champion. He ended up having a match with Vader, and it ended up becoming a, a best three out of falls match, basically, because he got the win. And then Cornette was like, "No, no, that that wasn't right." You know, Shawn cheated, and they restarted the match, and then Shawn beat him again. It was horrible. It was horrible the way they did that. They completely buried Vader the way that they did that shit. Was that the one where Sean was talking like all ill shit to Vader during the match? Yeah. Like yeah. you lazy bastard, you stupid motherfucker. Yeah. The only, I think the only match on that card that I thought was great in 96 was the Boiler Room Brawl with uh, Mankind and, and Undertaker simply because of the betrayal of Paul Bearer. When, when he gets in the ring, he's got the urn, and the Undertaker wants the urn, and he fucking clocks him right in, the, right in the fucking forehead and aligns with mankind. It was such a betrayal. I loved that moment. And I love that you got some fans who talk shit about how the first part of that match, I believe it was taped, and then they actually came out to the ring. You know, everyone, a lot of people talk shit about, oh, dude, that sucked. There was no crowd. But I thought it was great. It was innovative. It was unique. I'll agree with that. You know, it just it just uh, amazes me the bitching on the internet as we see we're about to. I have to admit I'm interested in this match to see how Stephanie's going to do 
I mean, this is the first time Stephanie's been in the ring since shit. What was her last match? The one against her father? Uh, yeah, that was 2003, if I'm not mistaken. Just prior, a couple days before her wedding to Triple H. I mean, we're talking a le- I mean, now don't get me wrong. She's married to Triple H. That's a plus. Now, you know, maybe he, over the last couple of weeks, the two of them have, you know, practiced and shit. But I mean, 11 years, that's not ring rust. That's fucking ring rot. That's a lot to overcome. Well, I hope that she's been working out in the ring with Sarah Del Rey at the NXT Performance Center, or at least with Triple H. And I hope that Brie Bella has been working out with Daniel Bryan, uh, or at least somebody at the Performance Center. I, I have my reservations about how good this match is going to be. Do I think it's going to be better than AJ and Paige? Absolutely. That's not saying much, folks. Well, I could go in the kitchen and get my mop and film myself wrestling it for five minutes, and it would be better than fucking AJ Page. Well, no doubt. I tell you what, man, let's go and take our second break. When we come back, this match will be probably just getting started. So with that being said, we'll bring you more continuing coverage of SummerSlam right here on the SNS Radio Network. We'll be right back right after this. Can you dig it, dig it sucker? It, sucker. <laughs> Uh, this is Booker T, the five-time WCW champion, and you're listening to SNS Radio Network. Can you dig it, Hey everybody, this is the Bronx Father to tell you about the Get In The Zone podcast every weekend right here on the SNS Radio Network with myself, my co-host Anthony Farley, and bringing you the TNA recap, No! God, please, no! No! L-Train. We also cover SmackDown, some news, and you might even get moments like this. Oh, my brother, testify! Wow. Oh, Lord. Oh, my God. <laughs> wow, that, that, was, that wasn't half bad. <laughs> what the f***? <laughs> to quote, see, since I'm imitating, since I'm imitating Devon tonight, I might as well run the gamut of black wrestlers and go with Booker T. Tell me I did not just hear that it's one of those things to edit (laughs) (laughs) to edit or not to edit that is the question for the reaction you cannot edit this one oh anthony's dead he's just done (laughs) oh we might as well just end the show right now (laughs) so Check out the archive every single weekend and drop us an email anytime. SNS get in the zone at gmail.com right here 
on the SNS Radio Network. The kid, you dig that? Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson. And I want to take a moment to let you guys know that personally, I appreciate the support that we've had here on the SNS Radio Network over the years. And I'm here to tell you about a new way that you can help us out and show your support for the SNS Radio Network. We now have a way for you to uh, donate to the SNS Radio Network. If you go to the snsradionetwork.com main page, scroll down. There is now a donate button on the page. Now, I'm not saying you have to donate to us, but your donation is very appreciated as we do a lot of hard work on the SNS Radio Network. It's been a lot of our time and our own money to make sure that you guys have uh, entertaining podcasts and live shows on the SNS Radio Network. So to those who have donated so far, on behalf of the SNS Radio Network, we appreciate you and your continued support. And for those that will donate in the future, again, we thank you for your support of the SNS Radio Network. www.snsradionetwork.com, providing you with free podcasts since 2010. Sunday Night Showdown, live on the SNS Radio Network with Bronxzilla, Tony J. Mirabella, The Great White, Mark the Shark DiCarlo, Harmony Boom Boom Jackson, and Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson. All right, we're back right here. Sunday Night Showdown covering SummerSlam live on pay-per-view or on the WWE Network. I am Mr. Money on the mic, Jeff Jackson. He is Bronxzilla, Tony J. Mirabella. The match between Stephanie McMahon and Brie Bella is ongoing. Just started up a few minutes ago. And uh, before my stream cut out, Stephanie was in control. Bronx, what's going on? Well, no, right now, um, actually, Brie's in control. Stephanie's taking a powder on the outside. Bree bounces off the ropes and tries to dive onto Stephanie on the outside, but gets caught by Steph. And by the way, whoever designed Stephanie's wardrobe tonight, may God bless you and your entire family. 
It is rather Amazonian, I got to say. That shit is hot, bro. Straight up hot. Well, there was speculation as to what you might be doing in the break when she made her entrance. Whatever it is, I'm done. Okay, well, that's good. That's good. All right, I am, I am now back on the network. This is awesome. So everything was running fine earlier, and now I'm having problems. I'm loving this shit. This is awesome. Break out the PS3, damn it. And for only $9.99, some of you people have problems too. Uh, let's go ahead and jump into our quick picks before this match ends. We're going to start off with Mark the Shark DiCarlo's quick pick. Remember, I said I was going to go and get his quick picks. He has Brie Bella going over Stephanie McMahon. That is the quickest Mark the Shark DiCarlo quick pick in the history of SNS right there. And he didn't even do it. Brie Bella over Stephanie McMahon. Bronx, you go. I got to agree with Shark. I'm going to go with Brie because I don't think Stephanie wants to be in the ring long term. This isn't going to be a recurring thing. I think it's a one-night-only thing, and it makes no sense for Stephanie to go over. So uh, I think Brie wins tonight. I agree. I'm going to disagree with both of you gentlemen. I, I think that this is a one-time thing for Stephanie, and because she doesn't have to necessarily get back in the ring after this, this thing could continue uh, under a different premise. I'm going to say that Stephanie gets the win, and possibly somebody comes out and interferes in the match. So uh, Stephanie gets the win here for me. Okay. Well, we'll see. So while we're watching this DDT by Stephanie McMahon on the replay, I want to go ahead and update you on what Mark the Shark DiCarlo had picked earlier. Uh, he picked A.J. Lee to go over Page. He was wrong there. He picked Jack Swagger to go over Rusev. He was wrong there. Uh, he picked Bray Wyatt to go over Chris Jericho, which did happen. And he also picked Cesaro to go over Rob Van Dam. And I'm pretty sure that did happen. I missed the pre-show the, the pre match. No, RVD went over. Would you believe it? Really? So, wow. He missed one, two, three, four so far. Damn. And I had Cesaro, so I guess that means I was wrong, too. I was quite shocked by that, actually. Wow. They better have something in store for Cesaro. I've, I've defended this long enough. Like, they got to have some kind of character change in store for him. Yeah, there's got to be something coming up, I would hope. You know, the last time a guy that promising had a match on a pre-show of a pay-per-view, it was actually SummerSlam 1996. <laughs> Stephanie was, Bree was laying on her back and Steph was talking shit to her and she just kicked Steph in the fucking head. That's awesome. Because if, if you go back to the 96 SummerSlam, the free-for-all match that was free for people to watch before the SummerSlam pay-per-view was actually Yokozuna versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. This is the same year that Steve Austin won the King of the Ring and became the hottest thing in the company. And he was the he was the pre-show match with Yokozuna. Wow. Yes. Damn. That's great booking. Oh, shit. Bree has Steph in the corner is kicking her ass. Now, that's not what's going on in my feed. What just happened on my feed is Brie Bella is uh, hitting the, the Thez press and knocking the shit out of fucking Stephanie. Wow. Yeah, network's great tonight for only nine ninety nine. Hey, it's still better than paying 50 bucks, man. I got Brie kicking Steph in the corner again and picking her up and... Ooh, Brie wailing the shit out on Steph. 
You know what? I almost think Bree's going to get disqualified here because the ref keeps warning her to get out of the corner and off the ropes, and she's not, la- she's not having it. I hope we don't see that. I hope not either, but, you know, we'll see what happens. But this has been a better match than, uh, than Paige and AJ, I got to say. Well, listen, how could it not be? My point exactly. Ooh, nice missile drop kick by Brie Bella for a two count. I'll tell you another match I thought was really good at, at a SummerSlam that I didn't think was going to be very well, or very good. And that was at SummerSlam 2008, Batista and John Cena. Yeah. Well, yeah, but back then, both guys didn't exactly have the rep of having great matches. But, I mean, you know, it was a good match. Well, no, Batista had come off some really high-profile matches with The Undertaker and Edge and was doing very well, uh, you know. But the SummerSlam 2008, it was it was basically John Cena versus Batista because Batista had been drafted to Raw from SmackDown. And I enjoyed the fuck out of that match, man. Watching Batista hit two power bombs on John Cena, and then John Cena was injured after that for a little while. Remember that? Yeah. No, wow, no. here goes the shit. <laughs> yeah, we, we are totally missynced. Right now, she's on top of Stephanie, smacking her upside the head, and here comes Triple H. That's where I'm at. Oh, I'm... Wow. Okay. And, that, and that's the live stream. Here comes Nikki as well. Yeah, you're like way behind me. All right, well, let me see, let me fucking restart this motherfucker. It's starting to piss me off. Yeah, I don't know what's up the with the Xbox, man. We just been like people been having so much trouble as Triple H guys gets drop kicked by fucking Brie Bella, and now Stephanie is begging off Brie as she's backing up. Nikki's also in the ring, or she's begging off Nikki. I don't know. Mix these two bitches up. Oh, you're kidding me. Really? 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 I know a lot of people called for this, but really? Wow. What does this do for Total Divas? Makes it more interesting. Wow. I know so many people called for this, but I was not expecting it to go down. What what, what, what what did I just say on my quick pick? I said that Stephanie would win by interference. Yeah, but Nikki, yeah. I didn't think that would go down. Pedigree. It's I, academic at this point. I was hoping it would be karma, but I was expecting something. I didn't think Nikki would actually do it, but yeah, that's where they're going. And Steph's setting up for the pedigree. Boom. Mm, yeah, but now it's like, I don't know. Superman doesn't date, you know, a fucking villain. It's just like the whole thing with Cena and Nikki. I wonder where this goes now. Well, he's he's going to be bringing that part of himself tonight, you know, that evil part. So maybe John Cena turns heel finally tonight. All the internet would go ablaze. All the fucking marks that have been pulling for John Cena to turn heel tonight. Can you imagine the fucking meltdown? Can you imagine the massive cheers that all those people would give and the meltdown from all the children? It would be crazy if that happens tonight. But Nikki Bella has officially turned heel, helping Stephanie McMahon get the victory over Brie Bella. So the feud will continue, ladies and gentlemen. But now it won't be Stephanie versus Brie anymore. It's going to be Nikki versus Brie. And that's how you keep a feud going. Stephanie is just like pie face and fucking Brie in the ring. Wow. Well, I mean, Nikki can always use the excuse 
and say like, look, bitch, you quit. You know, the authority's right. Steph was right. You quit. You left me here to get my ass kicked for how long until you finally decided to come back. A, a heel turn needs a reason, and that's going to be Nikki's reason for sure. Probably. Well, I mean, Nikki was on the receiving end of like a four-on-one. You know, she's got her gotten her ass kicked over the last Wait a minute, bit. what now? She, she was on the receiving end of a four-on-one. She had the train run on her by females. You got video? Yeah, it was called Raw. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about another train. No, I'm not talking about that train. <laughs> I'm like, damn, I'll pay ninety ninety nine to see that shit. I bet you would. Nice pedigree by Steph, by the way. Yeah, she does a pretty good pedigree. Watching the replay, Nikki just knocked the shit out of fucking Bree. Yeah. Oh, man, we got to see this. Like, bitch, you Tri- stole my lipstick. Triple H and Steph swapping spits in the ring. Give me back my compact, bitch. That bitch stole oh. my eyeliner. Triple H, so we're going to have no sex tonight. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, Triple H is the Ron Jeremy of no sex. What the fuck? Did Bill Gates fuck you again? No, your fucking horrible jokes did. Oh, sorry. Oh, I apologize, folks. I'm trying. That's the problem. (laughs) I miss the shark tonight. Can can you imagine all the... All the, the 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 very raunchy things that he would have said during this match. I mean, g- can you imagine in your head the things that the sh- the shark would say tonight? Yeah, I can just. I mean, you know, shit. That's why I'm. I think I'm trying to fill in for the shark, and I'm just not doing that great Don't, a job. No, no, nobody can do that. The shark is one of a kind. He's the only one on earth that can pull the shark. Don't don't try to. Uh, jump the shark or try to be the shark because it just doesn't work. I'm telling you, if I'm Triple H, I'd take Steph in the back now. I'd be like, don't even bother showering with that outfit. Ugh. And ladies and gentlemen, uh, Bronx's night's pretty much planned after the show. Thanks for letting <laughs> us all know exactly what you have planned. And thank God I can actually get the SummerSlam replay on the SNS Radio Network and continue my night for only nine ninety nine. Fuck. <laughs> you hard up motherfucker. I'm telling you, man, it's been a while. Next up, looks like it's going to be Roman Reigns versus Randy Orton before we get into our big main event of John Cena and, of course, Brock Lesnar. And uh, I'm actually looking forward to this match. I want to see exactly uh, what goes down. The rumor is that Roman Reigns is going to be debuting uh, new ring gear tonight. I'm thinking he's getting out of the shield gear finally. That's probably a good idea. You know, I wonder, like at weddings, is this King's? You know, I love how both announcers are all decked out in suits and the King just wears like this T-shirt. Yeah. I wonder if he shows up at weddings and funerals like that. Everyone else has a fucking suit on. King shows up in freaking tie-dye shirt. You know, I was talking to Harmony about that the other day. Uh, <laughs> I, really, we were watching some old old school stuff. And, you know, used to be he used to wear the fucking King outfit, right? He'd wear the stupid red jacket and the stupid little red crown. Right, right, yeah. But, uh, no, here lately, he's he's just become, uh, you know, that guy that wears the, the King T-shirt and, uh, you know, in jeans. Michael Cole wears a suit. JBL wears a suit. It's just kind of funny to me. He comes out all casual. 
Yeah, I don't know, man. As by the way, while we're uh, segueing into the next match, did you see the uh, Facebook post of Vince McMahon proudly hoisting up the new WWE logo? I did. I thought it was hilarious. I got to say, I love it at the little nine ninety nine tag on the side. But I love how some people are like, you know, some people don't like the logo. Some people do. And I'm not going to tell you what opinion I think. You know, me personally, I like it. I always thought the Scratch logo looked like something a little kid designed, like a 10-year-old. So I'm glad they switched to a new logo. Well, you know, I, I like the new logo, to be honest. I think it's very simple. It, it incorporates WWE very well. Um, you know, the, the Scratch logo was great for the Attitude Era, but we're not there anymore. You know, I'm worried about what the belt looks like. I mean, we've seen images supposedly of this new belt, and if that's the way it looks, I'm not sold. Yeah, it's basically the same belt they have. It's like they ripped the scratch logo plate off and just put the new logo plate on it. It's still got the leather background and shit, which annoys me. Yeah, I don't think I'm wondering if. Nah, I guess we'll see the new belt tomorrow night because tomorrow night's supposed to be when they debut the logo universally on TV. Yeah, we'll see if they do that, uh, and, and I think that that really that really is very telling as to far as far as what's going to happen in the main event tonight. Uh, I could see a coronation happening tomorrow night on Raw uh, with a new belt, so we'll see if they do that. But looking at the photos of this supposed new belt, it does have the new logo, but they've taken Champion out from underneath, which bothers me because I, I liked the Champion part at the bottom. Uh, I just you know. We've talked about this many a times on different programs on this on this network. I like the. I think Kyle Davidson had it as, as his uh, as his avatar for a long time. There was a version of the WWE title that had a globe in the background and the big WWE on it, and it had the blue background for the for the you know for the world. I, I really did like that. I, I wish they would have went with something like that, but the odds that they went that way are very doubtful. Yeah, I did like a conceptual belt. I don't know if you saw that on Facebook about two, three weeks ago. I basically took the picture of the new belt that someone had sent me. I think it might have been Cowgirl. And I kind of photoshopped like a shitty globe into the background of it. I mean, it wasn't a great job, but I still think it looks better with some type of backplate. Yeah, I would agree with that. I I don't know. As Randy Orton is making his entrance, and this is going to be... Yeah, this is going to be really interesting. You know, this was a match that when it was first announced, I was like, eh. But they've done so well with the fucking buildup that they really got me emotionally involved in this match. Uh, They really did a good job of turning me around 360 and caring about this match. Because everyone was like, oh, we want Roman Reigns and Triple H. And yeah, I did too. Until they really started selling this match. And now there's a lot of emotion behind it as we see Randy, uh, uh, Roman Reigns getting destroyed by Randy Orton on Raw a few weeks ago. So, yeah, th- this I think is going to be really good. And I think it's if, if Roman Reigns goes over, it's a huge stepping stone, a huge step forward for him to go over on a guy like Randy Orton. Multiple champion, no doubt. Well, and I, I think it's uh, it's something that's going to happen. I, I don't see any way around it. I think Roman Reigns is going to get the push tonight. He's going to beat Randy Orton. Uh, I did hear a house show report, the one that they had in San Jose last night, and they had this match. And uh, from what I heard, it was actually a pretty good match. At one point, Roman went for the spear, 
and Randy Orton countered it into a power slam. I would be surprised if they didn't do that same spot here tonight, which I think is going to look awesome. Uh, you and I both maintain Randy Orton has the best timing in the business. Uh, Absolutely. You know, it, it, it's not even a question. It's not, it's not something we're going to sit here and argue about. Uh, he has the absolute best timing of anybody in this business, uh, and it's well-deserved. And I think that he's going to pull off a really good match here with Roman tonight. So I'm really looking forward to what they're doing. So what, he's got a new vest tonight? Because I don't see anything different about Roman Reigns' gear. Uh, I don't know. The vest looks a little different. Is that the same vest he's been wearing? Well, see, I thought they were going to go a different route because if you watched the roster reveal yesterday for WWE 2K15, which was, uh, in a word, disappointing, I mean, the panel was great. Uh, the panel was, was more fun than the roster reveal itself. There were so many mistakes made during the roster reveal at one point. Renee uh, Young talks about some of the modes in the game, like the showcase rivalries, and talks about how it's uh, CM Punk and John Cena. And then she says Triple H and Batista. It's actually Triple H and Shawn Michaels. So (laughs) there was misinformation there. Uh, The fact that they talked about the NXT mode, but forgot to mention that it was only on the next-gen systems and not the PS3 and the Xbox 360. And not all of the roster was revealed. They revealed a majority of the roster, but they did not entirely reveal everybody on the roster. So it was kind of lackluster in that fact that they didn't give us any more information about the game other than a couple people that we didn't know were going to be in the game, as opposed to everything else we've already known over the last month or so that has leaked out in interviews or that we found out through IGN. Nothing of any value really came out during the roster reveal. It was basically a superstar panel that Renee Young and Stone Cold Steve Austin were, were basically uh, hosting. And that was pretty much it. And I also read today that they are once again blaming JR for this. Even though he had nothing to do with it, they just said, let's blame JR again. So, poor JR, it's his fault. Well, did they fire him a second time too? Yeah, I think so, man. Okay. I think they actually double fired him. Okay, the first good. time anyone's been double fired. Because if anybody deserved to be fired again, it was JR. Oh, yeah. I mean, absolutely. I mean, somehow he had to psychically, like Dr. Xavier, influence, you know, the outcome of that panel. So, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, I will say this. uh, When they did bring out the superstars, they, you know, do a video package to to the guys that are coming out. And when Roman Reigns came out, they actually had this promotional uh, thing with Roman Reigns where he, he was wearing tights. He wasn't wearing the vest. He wasn't wearing pants. He was wearing short tights. And it was something that they'd done recently. So that made me think that they were changing his outfit. Uh, but apparently we're sticking with the, uh, the the shield gear for now. I think at some point that's got to change. But uh, we'll see. Would you give him a ramp entrance or would you continue to have him come through the crowd? Because, again, I think that's kind of like playing off the whole shield thing. I think the motherfucker needs to start coming down the ramp. I think I don't mind the uh, I don't mind the crowd entrance. I think it works for some people. You know, Truth did it for a while. Uh, I could see Roman Reigns doing it for a little while. At some point, he's got to come down the ramp. But I think for now, it works. Uh, this match has just gotten started with Roman Reigns and Randy Orton as Roman uh, basically clotheslines Randy over the top rope. While we're uh, starting this off, let's go ahead and jump into our quick picks. Bronx, you start us off. Well, I think we kind of both accidentally revealed them earlier. I mean, I, I can't see Orton doesn't need a win here. You know, Orton's the established guy. We know Orton. We know who Orton is. He's, he's the, the big dog in the yard. 
He doesn't need this win. This a win for Roman Reigns does everything for him tonight. And if you really want to push him the way WWE says they want to, then he's got to go over tonight. It's got to be Roman Reigns. That's my pick, no doubt. Mark the Shark also has Roman Reigns going over. Uh-oh. Again, quickest uh, quick pick ever in the history for Mark the Shark, Carlo. It's going to happen. I know what you're going to say. It's going to happen. He almost, well, he actually did pick Dolph Ziggler. I think I forgot to mention that. He did pick Dolph Ziggler to go over the Miz, so at least he won that one. Uh, as far as my quick pick goes, I'm going with Roman Reigns, too, so it's unanimous. And you know what happens usually when that happens. So you can guarantee that Randy Orton goes over here. That's what I was worried about. We got a three-way tie. It's done. Orton wins. Now, nah, I think regardless, Roman's going over. Obviously, the push is happening. Uh, he's going to have a great match with Orton. He's going to kick out of the RKO. He's going to deliver a, a spear. He's going to pin Randy one, two, three. And then next month at Night of Champions, it's going to be Roman Reigns, and it's going to be Triple H, and they're going to keep going down the line. Yeah, I think so. I mean, the, the thing that's funny, though, is, you know, everyone talks about who has needed to get pushed in the Shield and who would be the breakout star of the Shield. So far, it hadn't been set, hasn't been Seth Rollins. I mean, I'm sorry, man. Just him going to the authority, even though tonight he gets the win, it's still like, eh. Dean, uh, excuse me, Roman Reigns is great in the ring. I think he has a lot of promo work to do and a lot, a lot of long ways to go on his promos. But again, man, Ambrose is just a guy, I think, that I don't know. I, I, I see positives in both Roman Reigns and Dean Ambrose, but I don't know which guy maybe you push ahead first. Well, you know, if it's up to me in harmony, I think we go with Ambrose. I mean, I, I look again, I like Roman Reigns, and I like that he's getting a push, and I think they're grooming him to be the next big thing. And I hope that he succeeds. I, I just don't want him to become Diesel 2.0. And a lot of people think it. If you go back to what I was talking about earlier with this uh, WWE 2K15 roster reveal panel, he was just very flat. He doesn't have much of a personality. He's just calm, cool, collective. Uh, he doesn't say a lot when he talks. And his answers seem like, you know, they were predetermined, if you know what I mean. His answers seem like he's reading off a script sometimes. Uh, I, I like Roman. I just feel like he does not have much of a personality. And I think that he's got to loosen up and, and develop a personality if he really wants to get that push. And if he really wants to be that guy. Uh, again, Dean Ambrose, to me, is the total package. The guy can cut a promo. He's got a personality. Uh, he's a hellcat in the fucking ring. Again, it is what it is. I would love to see a program involving Ambrose getting that money in the bank contract and then at some point cashing it in and winning. Don't know that's going to happen, but I'd like to see it happen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you can push both guys. I mean, I don't think just because you're pushing one doesn't mean you got to bury the other. You can push them both. Just send them off on different paths. Let them do different things and see what is Randy Orton doing? <laughs> He's like freaking like choking or yoking freaking Roman Reigns. It looked like oh. actually Roman Reigns was trying to get out of it. That wasn't Orton. Oh, that was interesting. The big man actually jumps on top of Randy Orton's back, and Orton just kind of dropped to his back with Roman Reigns. Oh, shit. Well, that's how you get a guy off your back. That's what you what do. What is this Roman has right here? Is this like a 
Sleeper? What is this, man? Uh, looks like a, a headlock or a choke. Oh, nice reversal by Randy Orton. Wow. Oh, that was nice. That was nice, dude. As JJ and I are close to in sync right now. We're in sync. We're the group, man. Let's sing. I'd rather be the Backstreet Boys rather than in sync. Everybody. Yeah. All right, I'll stop. Please don't do that again. Okay, I won't. We just lost 100 listeners because of you. The hell That's is wrong it. with you? That was a mass exodus off our stream. Way to go, buddy. I wonder if Shark is listening to this. Not anymore. <laughs> like, oh, my God. Not after that. Yeah, right? <laughs> He's going to fucking send me a message in a minute. What the fuck is he doing? Fire his ass. Future Endeavor him now. He's killing our show, JJ. Oh, man. Uh, getting back to, uh, we were talking about the WWE 2K15 video game. Uh, somebody posted on the Facebook page today uh, something from Gamescom. From the, I guess it's, a, it's the German uh, conference that they have. And I, I tolerated about four minutes of the guys speaking in German and acting like goofs. And they actually showed a little bit of gameplay in the background from WWE 2K15. And the thing that I found interesting, it was pointed out on the Facebook page is why I went and watched it. And I can't remember because I don't have Facebook up. So I, I apologize to whoever posted this. I think it might have been Mac Daddy or some. I think it was Mac Daddy. But if it's not, you know, don't. I'll, I'll be glad to give you credit when I know. Um, but somebody had talked about this video posted on the Facebook page and said about the four, the four minute thirty second mark, you can see some of the gameplay in the background. Somebody uh, is playing as Randy Orton, and they hit the RKO on John Cena, and the stamina is depleted on Randy Orton. So after Orton hits the RKO, he's laying on the mat, and he has to crawl over to John Cena because his stamina is depleted to pin him. Wow! Like it's the realistic little touches to the game that we're hearing about that I think is fucking phenomenal. I think that's a great feature because a lot of times you'll see a guy hit a finish. He'll go for, you know, he'll just walk over there uh, and, and hit the pinfall. And, of course, in typical Cena fashion, he kicks out at two. Maybe because Randy Orton had stamina problems and, you know, didn't hit him with a, a fully powerful RKO. I love it when they, they really go all full bore, full bore and really have those simplistic details. So, I'm really looking forward to seeing some actual gameplay and getting my hands on a copy of this thing because from everything I've seen from the graphics to just the little subtle touches, I think this game is going to be awesome. I saw some footage of the gameplay, and I was blown away. I'm like, my God. The textures in the uh, you know the Xbox uh, One versions and the PS4 are just a Wow. It literally just it, it looks like you're watching Raw. Like right, they, yeah. they, they showed the gold dust entrance and from everything going on on the screen, from the ticker to the to the logo to, to the music, the crowd, it really looks like you're watching an episode of Monday Night Raw. It's very it's very it's paced very well. You know, I mentioned this as I just saw Roman Reigns get dumped on the, the announce table by Randy Orton because I just had a freeze, too. You know, J.J. and I were talking about this in private chat before. I think a lot of the problems might be tonight because usually on PC I have no issues and I've frozen a few times, too. Let's not forget, guys, that this is the first pay-per-view after the international launch. So I think that it's going to be really interesting. What I want to see... 
in a couple days is what viewer numbers they got tonight as compared to last month's pay-per-view. Because I think that's kind of why we're having some glitches tonight because I think there are a fuckload of people watching this pay-per-view. Oh, I have no doubts. I have no doubts as Roman Reigns right now just hit a guillotine on Randy Orton who's on the outside and Roman Reigns is on on his back basically trying to use the ring ropes to get up. This has been a really good match so far. Very physical. Absolutely. Like I said, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how the finish of this match goes. I'd almost want to see a, a perfectly well-timed RKO and Roman kick out of it. I can live with that. I think it's going to happen. As Roman looks like he's setting up for a superplex on the top turnbuckle to Randy Orton. Oh, Orton just pushed him off. Like I said, he's setting up for it, dipshit. I said it was going to happen. I heard you. Why you got heat with me tonight? I'm trying to be nice. I got heat with everybody. You're being an asshole. I'm always an asshole. Just ask my wife. <laughs> I ain't going nowhere with that. That's nah, probably wise that you don't. What is? Oh, no. Oh, shit. Wow. It's like Orton, Roman. Go ahead. Orton dumped off the top. Ouch. Nice Samoan drop by Roman Reigns to Randy Orton. That was Scott Steiner-esque right there, folks. Yeah, here's the replay. Shades of the big, the, the big, oh, fuck, I can't even say his name. Bad booty daddy, Thank you, baby. the big bad booty daddy. I was getting all tongue-tied. Because when I lay you down, ladies, forget it. <laughs> I ain't even going to go into the rest of that shit. I so hope someday that WWE ends up buying the tape library at TNA and that they put out a best of Scott Steiner DVD chronicling his career from the early days of the Steiner brothers as Roman setting up for that Superman punch to WCW at a TNA just so that we can have like an outtake section of all the fucking crazy shit he's done over the years. Oh, he just nails Randy Orton with that oh. Superman punch. Burr, 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 burr. Oh, Roman taking time here to set up for the spear. I would have went for the pin. Here, here comes the power slam by Randy Orton, I bet you. I'm hey, I didn't see it, so I don't mind seeing the shit. The spot's got to happen. I want to see it. Me too. Let's see. It's coming. Oh, my God. That was beauty. Told you that was going to happen in this match tonight. I told you earlier that was going to happen. That was fucking beautiful. Best timing in the business, bar fucking none. Wow. You have to respect the athletic ability and the timing of Randy Orton, folks. You have to. You may not like him. You may think he's boring as fucking watching paint dry. But you cannot argue that that motherfucker is so technically gifted in that fucking ring. It's not even funny. Beautiful. See, Randy, Randy Orton's one of those guys. It's like. You know, when you see these fucking eight-year-olds who can play piano like Mozart, he's just one of those guys who I think it's not even practice. He's just ha he's gifted, man. He just has a fucking gift. He, he was just born to wrestle, no doubt. Well, it's in his blood, obviously. He's a third-generation superstar. Daddy, granddaddy, and, and fucking Randy. You know, he'll probably have the first fourth-generation wrestler when his kids are older. Who knows? It's a family business for him, and he is just so damn gifted at it. 
Well, it doesn't always work out, though. I mean, I've seen third-generation football players who suck. I mean, it does, those genes don't always get carried. Oh, nice sequence of events there. Oh, oh, my God, what a beautiful RKO. Timing, ladies and gentlemen, timing. And Roman kicks out of the RKO, and Randy can't believe it. This match is stealing the show. This match is simply amazing. I mean, but so far... Roman looks good, but I got to give most of the credit to Randy. He is making just Roman look like a million bucks. A million bucks. It looks like Roman might have been going for a clothesline when he got hit with that RKO. I, mean, I don't know. Ob- so obviously, fast. okay, look, obviously, keep in mind he was setting up for the RKO. But if you want to go ahead and go with the suspension of disbelief, he was probably going for a clothesline. He was too high up to be a spear. So he had to be going for a flying clothesline. Work with me, Bronx. Come on, work with me. Roman could have been setting up to order fucking pizza, and that RKO would have happened. <laughs> End of the day, the RKO was going to fucking get hit. Roman Reigns could have been in the crowd, and that RKO would have got hit. Do you remember all the rumors that were going around a couple weeks ago about how Randy Orton and Roman Reigns were having matches on the house show, and Randy was sandbagging him and making Roman look bad? This, yeah. This match tells me a completely different story. Or that all could have been a what? You know, I think what I, one thing I think people need to to really understand is WWE is having fun working the internet right now. I think like half of this shit we read is planted, bro. I, I gotta well, because look, I see no greediness here tonight on the part of Orton. He is just consummate professional in this match. You, you have to you have to look at it this way, and <laughs> we talked about this on the Facebook page earlier today. Not everything you read on the internet is one hundred percent true, but there are things that you can look at and say, yeah, that's pretty legit. As Roman hits a spear to Randy Orton. That's it. And Roman Reigns, one, two, three, gets the victory in a very good match. I got to give applause to both Randy and Roman. That was fucking fantastic. Match of the night thus far. I think you really took two stars tonight who were on that edge, and you pushed them over the cliff into fucking infamy and that would have to be rusev and right now freaking big roman reigns that really put him over right there that was beautiful yeah the the push for reigns continues and after this match i gotta say it wasn't all randy orton those guys worked great together had a fantastic match told a great story and uh you know it is what it is randy orton's not going anywhere for a while but roman reigns he's going to the top I wonder, though, I, I kind of think after this, though, Randy got to break off from the authority, though. Oh, he's got to. I think he absolutely has to. But, you know, I, I don't want to see him go back to being a babyface. Randy Orton as a babyface is boring. Randy yeah, Orton as, as the apex predator, the guy that would kick his mother in the head to get a title shot, is who he needs to be. He needs to be that guy. Yeah. I mean, as Roman Reigns is just staring down Orton as he goes up the ramp. Great visual there. Man, that that was epic. I, I think it was even better than I thought it would be. That that was really a solid, solid match. I agree. Ooh. Got to take a breath there for a minute. See, it's hard when there's only two of us, man. Well, yeah, because usually Shark does 90% of the talking. You ever notice that? So- it's true. I've probably talked more on this Sunday night showdown than the last 10 of them combined. <laughs> and that includes the one that you had uh, Ashley and Anthony on. 
Absolutely. Oh, I'll tell you, man. I mean, if Shark was here, he'd still be giving his freaking quick pick for Swagger Rusev. Yeah, we'd still be talking about that. In all serious, though, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Shark back next week, or next next month, next week. He'll be back in town next week, but he won't be back on the show till next month. I'll clarify. God damn it. Why don't we do like the WWE Network did to ECW? Just wait a week to release this and dub the Shark in. <laughs> yeah, we could do that. Why not? Stranger things have happened. Oh, look at the product placement tonight, folks. Mountain Dew, baby. Mountain Dew. All they need now is Cheetos with it. Is that regular or diet? I can't see. I think it's diet for at least Cole. I think it's regular for JBL and I don't know. Maybe it's diet for all of them. Fuck, I don't know. I don't drink Mountain Dew. But then I again, love Mountain Dew. Then again, I stopped drinking sodas. I had one tonight. I had a Dr. Pepper. But other than that, I haven't had any sodas in a while. I've been drinking straight water. Well, from what I read, the shit that makes diet soda sugar-free basically slowly turns you into a fucking zombie. Are you talking about the aspartame? <laughs> aspartame or whatever the fuck it's called. Yeah, aspartame. I, I fucking hate that shit. It tastes nasty. And then they have the warning. It's like phenylketonorix contains phenylalanine, whatever the fuck that is. Look, That's I'm, another ingredient. I'm a fat dude, and I have no problem telling you I'm fat. There was a point in my life I was actually in really good shape and, you know, had a nice body. But, you know, being a stay-at-home dad, taking care of my kid, I packed on a little bit of weight. I, I'm not ashamed to admit that I, I'm not where I want to be in life. But I love when I, when I see people, like, eat a shitload of stuff, and then get a Diet Cola. Because, you know, that Diet Coke is going to make all the difference in fucking eating two cheeseburgers and, you know, fucking order of fries. Because, you know, that Diet Coke is going to put you over the top and, and save you some calories. Well, what happened to me was I used to drink regular soda like crazy until I developed a case of diabetes, which by losing, because I was a fucking slob at one time. I mean, I was like Yoko. I was like, four, and I don't mean to, to diss Yoko by calling him a slob, but I was a fat fucking slob. I was like over 400. I'm still fat, but I lost a lot of weight. And because of my sugar issues, I started drinking diet. And I never thought I could get used to the taste. The problem is now I've gotten so used to it that if I drink regular, I will throw my fucking guts out. Yeah. That's how use I used I got to diet. But now I'm reading that the shit in the diet soda turns your insides into liquid garbage. Awesome. You can't win, man. You just better off. I, I, I take your route. You're better off just drinking water. It's the one liquid that you know won't kill you unless you're in Mexico. Yeah, no doubt. You know, I think I'm about 6'1", 6'2", and I probably weigh about, you know, 260 pounds. Two, 265 maybe. I don't know. I haven't weighed myself in a while, but I'm not overly huge. Yeah, but you're a pretty wide dude. You know, you got big shoulders. It's like me. I got no neck and no fucking shoulders. I I have to have my suits tailored because my shoulders are so small that those things that they have on the suit pads hang off. Yeah. But you, you're like, you're a wide dude, so you can carry it a little better. How did this turn into a fucking Jack LaLanne fitness show? Uh, because I, I was talking about fat people, and I figured since I was fat, I was okay to talk about fat people. Yeah, but you're a radio show host. We're all fat. It's okay to talk. Those are the prerequisites. I guess. I guess. If you're not fat, you're not doing it right. 
Yeah, I mean, definitely. And what, what was the last skinny wrestling radio show host you've heard of? <laughs> Chris Cash. <laughs> <laughs> Who incidentally got me started in the business. <laughs> Chris, I didn't say shit. I didn't cut him down. I just said he's, he was skinny. Oh, he's, he's a skinny dude. He is. I'll, I'll admit that. I haven't spoken he's, to him in years, man. I, I, I know he's doing fine. I don't, I don't know if he's still doing radio or whatnot, but. I no, he's not. Uh, actually, he's not, man, which, you know, I mean, it is what it is. His boy Nick wasn't really overweight either. Those were probably two of the skinniest show hosts in the business, Nick and Chris. Probably. <laughs> wow. Whatever, man. It is what it is. I'm happy. It's all that matters. Man, as we're seeing this build up, this sick. By the way, if you guys were watching the network today, I know, JJ, you were. Very Brock Lesnar heavy, man. They re-showed that, I believe, the first match. What match did they show before? Who was Brock in there with? I think I saw more than one. I was like glancing at the network all day long, and it was very Brock Lesnar heavy. Well, they they actually did, uh, I believe, SummerSlam 2008. They did SummerSlam 2012, which was uh, Brock and Triple H, where he broke Triple H's arm. Right. And then they did last year, which was Brock and, and CM Punk. So, okay. so since Brock's been back, he's been victorious at every SummerSlam. Keep that in mind, folks. Yeah, indeed. You know, <clears throat> pardon me. The, you know, going back to what we were talking about at the beginning, that Brock-CM uh, Punk match, CM Punk is a guy who was really too small to seem to be a threat. So I have to give him credit for that, too. That, that you know, Punk was able to look like a credible threat in that match, even though he's so much smaller. Yeah. No, you know, I, I will agree. I'm not a big punk fan. Uh, I used to be, but, you know, when he left, I kind of lost my respect for the guy uh, just because of the way he left. But mind you, the match he had with Brock Lesnar last year at, at SummerSlam, I thought was great. Uh, the build-up to it was perfect. You know, look at Brock. Dude looks jacked. He's in great shape. You know, I was just about to, to say that to you. He looks about his UFC size now. Oh, when he first no, came Ron, back to WWE. Whoa, no, he's bigger than UFC size. When you he was so? in the, oh, God, yes. When Brock was in the UFC, he lost tons of weight. I'd say he's a hybrid between his UFC days and his, his early WWE career. Because when he was wrestling for WWE back in 2002 to 2004, dude was on the just about 295 pounds and was just freakishly muscle. When he got to UFC, he had to weight down. I think he got down to about 250 pounds. <laughs> Because that was the heavyweight division. I think he probably weighed about 250, 265. So I would say Brock looks like he weighs about 270 right here. I would and say no, he's, he's about halfway in between. Yeah, and no, you know, freaking artificial shit going on here. I think Brock is just legit all natural. He's a fucking beast. Oh, no, he, he doesn't look like he's on the roids. But he looks like he's buffed up quite a bit. He just looks like a beast. I mean, he's fucking intense. Yeah, look at that look on his face. There is no look. That's Brock. There's no look. He's just like, I just want to kill someone, man. That's it. I want to kill. He's just looking for Cena up the ramp. Like the way you look at the girl at McDonald's who's preparing your fucking meal. <laughs> That's, I must admit, I do like Cena's new gear. I don't care what anyone says. I like that shirt. You know what? The thing about Cena's gear, though, it's red and yellow. It's Hulk Hogan. Well, yeah, I mean, I, 
I don't know. I mean, I know a lot of people have said that, but he's gone through so many colors. I don't really, I don't in my mind compare it to Hulk Hogan. I mean, yeah, it is red and yellow, but it's so radically different. I kind of like though, it. Bro. I like it, the it, new shirt. It's not radically different. Go back and look at the old WrestleMania, or look at the old Hulkamania shirts that are red with the yellow lettering. It's it's not drastically different from Hulkamania. But hey, let me give you a, use, a useless tidbit. The last time John Cena wore red and yellow and white was at SummerSlam 2008, and he lost to Batista. There's, yeah, there's really, a worthless we, tidbit for you right there. Only person in wrestling radio who would make that acknowledgement. Well, it's because I watched SummerSlam 2008 today, courtesy of the WWE Network, which you can also uh, purchase for $9.99 a month. Ah, uh, you cheated. You cheated. You didn't go off memory. Fuck you. I, <laughs> I was like, how does he remember that? 2008. Listen, listen, I remember matches, not what they fucking wore to the ring, okay? Give me a little bit. I'm not the fucking fashion police, all right? If it wasn't for the fact I watched that match earlier today, I wouldn't have known that. So let's look at it this way. Brock Lesnar, number one, has never lost at SummerSlam. No, he has, I think. I don't know. Let's let, let's let's deconstruct that. Didn't he lose at SummerSlam 2003 to Kurt Angle? I think he did. I think Angle ended up beating him at SummerSlam. Okay, but let's let's go back to 2002, his first SummerSlam. He beat The Rock and became undisputed champion. 2003, I'm not sure. 2004, he wasn't in the company. He comes back in 2012. He beats Triple H by making him tap out. 2013, he pins CM Punk. So he may be undefeated at WrestleMania. Or he may be undefeated at SummerSlam. I don't know. I don't remember in 2003 if he won or not. And the last time Cena wore red at SummerSlam, he lost. Farley just corrected me and said he did lose to Kurt Angle in 2003, which is what I thought happened. So in his SummerSlam record, he's 3-1. and one. Okay. Mm, I don't know. We're grasping at straws here. This is the one that, that was the hardest. This was the one I sat in front of my computer a few nights ago and had to think and think and think. To me, it just makes perfect sense for my quick pick. I think that John Cena has to lose this match tonight to Brock Lesnar. I think with Brock being the guy that beat the Undertaker streak at WrestleMania, what's the point of having him come back and lose to John Cena? Why do you give John Cena the guy that beat Brock, the one who beat The Undertaker? Why do you give that to John Cena? He doesn't need it. I think that Brock's going to win here, and maybe he goes tonight at Champions, and there's some sort of a multi-man match, in which case, if that was to happen, oh, my God, Brock just delivered an, F, uh, an F5 to John Cena, but John Cena kicks out. If you do that and say it's a multi-man match, then if Brock loses the title by not getting pinned, he's still undefeated. He hasn't really lost anybody. Does he lose the championship? Absolutely. There's a lot of rumors swirling. Is he going to win the title? Is he going to WrestleMania with the championship belt? That's what I want to see happen. A lot of people don't think it's going to. But if you do that scenario, then you can at least put the belt on Brock for now and then take it off of him at a later date if it's a multi-man match. So I'm saying this now. Brock Lesnar, in my estimation, it would be a travesty if he did not go over tonight. It would be wasted potential. So, 100%, I'm saying Brock Lesnar gets the win and becomes new WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Go ahead. 
you know, I've never wanted to be more wrong in my life, but I had to go with this. There have been so many pay-per-views where I've given that very speech myself, where I've said I'd love this guy to beat Cena. And I ended up sitting on my bed at the end of the night with my fucking head down, disappointed. I got to go with my brain and I pray I'm wrong, but I still think, I still think the WWE just won't get over this shit. Some way, somehow, Cena's going to go over. I have to make him my pick. If I'm wrong, I will be the happiest man in New York City. But I just, I, I, I've been fucked too many times, man. I've been Bronx, screwed over too many you, times. Did, did you just see that fucking phenomenal uh, German release suplex that Brock Lesnar just gave to fucking, and he does it again. He just, that's twice now. He's hit a German suplex release on John Cena, where he lands practically on the back of his fucking head. Brock is a beast. Both of them broke Cena in half, folded him in half. Ah, don't freeze now, motherfucker. It's a rough night at the office as we see John Cena get fucking German suplexed on the replay one more time by Brock Lesnar. So you're going with John Cena to retain. I don't want to, but yeah, I have to. I just, man, I just don't think they have the balls. It, it, and I'll be pissed off if I'm right, but I just, I can't. You know, so, so many people have said this today on the Facebook page, in this group, but in many groups. I've heard this sentence a million times. I just can't bet against Cena. I've seen at least 20 people say that today. I just can't bet against Cena. And it's a shame they have us programmed like that. I think a good heel run is what they need for this championship right now. And I'm talking a good heel run, you know. Oh, Brock, God. You, and Brock's the guy to do it. Did you see Brock drive his knee into the rib cage of Cena? Holy shit. Yeah, this match is stiff as fuck, folks. This is going to be brutality. This is not going to be your standard scripted wrestling match. These guys are going to fucking go stiff and put each other through fucking hell tonight. Uh, I want to go ahead and go over what uh, the Shark has for his pick. He has Brock Lesnar going over John Cena to become the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. So it's just you tonight picking John Cena. Look at the look on the face of Brock Lesnar. The guy is focused on just bringing the pain to John Cena. I love it. Tonight, Brock Lesnar is going to be stiff as shit on John Cena. And he's oh. going to beat the hell out of him. Why? Because he can take it. Because he's not the hero the WWE wants right now. But John Cena is the hero the WWE deserves. Oh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> shut the fuck up with your Dark Knight fucking bullshit. Oh, this fucking shark, man. I can only imagine if he's listening to this. As it's all Brock Lesnar. Brock now with a nice freaking the chin lock, it looks like, on John Cena. And this has me worried because the last time we saw this match happen, Brock dominated John Cena, and then John Cena managed to get the win courtesy of a steel chain and the pin on the ring steps. I swear to God I'm going to fucking lose it tonight if that shit happens again. But you know what I love about John Cena, bro? It's like when he uses a chain and stairs and shit, well, it's okay. You know, it's like when, you know, the United States bombs some little country and we say, well, it's okay because we're the good guys. You know, you notice that? It's like no one remembers some of the cheating shit John Cena did. Like the night that I nearly punched a hole through my old tube television when fucking Cena 
duct tape Batista to the fucking ring. Oh, dude, I was livid him. about that shit. I was so fucking pissed the night that happened. Oh, my God. We covered that shit on Sunday Night Showdown. That's a classic. Go back and listen to that one. I can't even remember what show that was, but God damn it, that was classic. I was fucking livid. Another yeah, that one was before I, I joined you. Yeah, that was a while ago. Another one I was fucking livid at. Living at livid, 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 livid. Let's try that Calm again. Down. Another show that made me livid was SummerSlam 2010, or was it 20? Uh, it was 09 when they had the Nexus and the SummerSlam match where it was Team Nexus versus John Cena and his, you know, his guys. And John Cena ended up fucking, you know, eliminating everybody at the end there after he got fucking DDT'd on the concrete on the outside. Then they rolled him back in, and Gabriel tried to hit the 450, and Cena moved and pinned him, and then he beat Wade Barrett and got the win for his team. I was so fucking pissed. Oh, I was so fucking pissed. See, I'm getting confused because I remember that, but I didn't start listening till 2010. But I sincerely remember that, that SummerSlam where you fucking went... Didn't you actually leave the air once you got so pissed about Cena? I think, oh, yeah, I can't remember what show that was, but I was pissed. I was pretty legit pissed. Look, I I have all the respect in the world for John Cena, but I just don't think he needs to win every match. And last year at SummerSlam, he did not win against Daniel Bryan. So his record at SummerSlam is not perfect. As Brock Lesnar is just doing the German suplex fest, my God. He just turned John Cena inside out with that second German suplex, and now he's going for a third. Holy fucking shit. This is just fucking brutal, and he's going for a fourth. That was number four right here, so we're pretty close together. Holy, Holy shit. Nah, Brock, is an, he's a fucking monster. So he's actually hit six German suplexes tonight on fucking John Cena reverse. Ger- reverse German, or not reverse, release German suplexes on John Cena. Six total in this match tonight. And you know what scares me? Brock Lesnar from the neck up is absolutely purple. Like, he, he, he's red. He, he actually looks, it's like in a video game, you know, when the fucking boss gets his power up and he starts blinking red? That's Brock right now. He, somewhere deep down, I think this sick fuck actually enjoys this shit. Wow. He enjoys. Cena didn't even have the power to kick out. He just kind of rolled over. Yeah, but the problem is, like you said, the formula is setting up for the classic Cena comeback. But, I mean, after those four suplexes, I mean, look, I've seen guys hit those multiple suplexes, but not where you the guy does a complete flip and ends up on his fucking stomach. Jeez, Brock looks a little blown up tonight. He's so fucking red in the face, man. Well, he, he, he's, he, he he's does going look- at a faster pace than I'm used to seeing him go. Yeah. Th- taking a little break right here. Wow, Cena! Are you just kidding me? Close. Are you kidding me? German number seven. Jesus Christ! Shit! German number seven, folks. By the way, if you find John Cena's spine in the crowd and fucking return it, you get a free month of the WWE Network for nine ninety nine. I'm going to tell you right now: if John Cena does not win this match tonight, he needs to take a vacation. He needs to sell that he got his ass kicked, and he needs to be off TV for a couple of weeks. He's been folded in half more times than a slice of fucking pizza. Fuck. And Brock just stalking now, probably to catch his breath, like he said, maybe. He's just stalking. You know what? I don't think he's blown up. I think he's just intense, bro. I'm telling you, I think he's just that intense. Well, he's managing to get quite a few breaths in between those suplexes. Are we going for number eight? 
<laughs> Jesus Christ. Eight German suplexes. Taz, I'm sorry, brother. <laughs> we got a new human suplex machine tonight. Oh, my God. Eight German suplexes. John somewhere talking in, to the referee. Somewhere in hell, Hitler's like, yes, yes. And if you're in German and you're watching this on pay-per-view, if you would switch to the WWE Network, it's only nine, nine, nine. Jesus Christ, I've seen more Germans in this match than in Poland in the 30s. Oh, he goes for number nine, but John Cena powers out by giving elbows to the face. John Cena is back, folks. He's got that second wind as he's just nailing Brock with a clothesline. Brock still on his feet, and he hits an F5 to John Cena. No, John Cena reverses and goes for the FU, the attitude adjustment, and Brock kicks out. Woo, nice yeah, But here's series. my problem again, 30 German suplexes, and again, Cena's not fucking selling it. He oh, just No, he was, dude. He got a second wind. Ah. He's been fucking selling it since the beginning of the match. But now he's back to, like, being, you know, out of it again. That was adrenaline just his, that, rush, I guess. Yeah, that was his adrenaline rush, you know? Shit. Oh, I, I give Cena credit. He's fucking selling like a motherfucker tonight. Actually, he's not selling like a motherfucker. He's getting German suplexed fucking seven times. Yeah. Shit. That's enough to make your ass want to fucking sell. Brock's like, motherfucker, you're going to sell for me tonight. I'm going to fucking German suplex your ass seven times. Oh, you're, you're still not selling, John. You want to go for number 10? Fuck. Shit. This is brutal, man. This is not a fucking match. This is a fucking, <coughs> a fucking battle. Damn, look at the look on Brock's face. That's the most emotion I've seen him show ever. He's laughing. I stand, wow. I stand corrected. If you're in Germany, you cannot get the WWE Network right now. But when it does become available, it's only 999. And by the way, Germany, invading another country won't get it to you any sooner. Please don't. Look at, wow, th this is great psychology. Look at this. Brock's like, come on, bitch. And Cena's like, really? Fucking Brock going to town right now with those fucking punches to the face. I mean, he is on top of John Cena just beating the shit out of him. Fucking right hands, left hands. This is a UFC fucking bout. This ain't a goddamn wrestling match. He's having his flashbacks from the UFC. Brock's just fucking dominating. Where the Damn. fuck is Big John when we fucking need him to break this shit up? Damn. They should have got, like, that fucking dude, Big John, to referee this match. Fuck Charles Robinson. You should have brought somebody in. Who are you going to bring in? Big John. I just fucking told you who. Fuck who you bring in. Brock, you're hitting him too many times. Fuck you. Okay. <laughs> Fuck. I predict Kevin Nash comes out for the save <laughs> to get revenge. Oh, my God. I'm watching a replay of fucking Brock mocking The Undertaker the way he sits up and shit. That's great. Look at that cocky-ass heel look on his face. This is why I love Brock Lesnar. He's such a dick. I'll tell you, for a guy who doesn't cut a promo that well, his ring psychology is great. He doesn't need to cut a promo well. He's got, that's, what, that's what fucking Paul Heyman's for. Eight German suplexes. He's still holding on to John Cena. Nine German suplexes. He's still holding on to John Cena. Ten German suplexes. He still has a hold of John Cena. 11 German 11. suplexes, and he releases. 
Ladies and gentlemen, tonight's broadcast of SNS Radio Network is brought to you by Sesame Street. Six German suplexes. Stop, stop, <laughs> stop, stop. One German suplex. <laughs> Two German suplex. <laughs> Three German suplex. <laughs> Eleven German suplex. <laughs> One surgery for John Cena. <laughs> Two surgeries for John Cena. <laughs> Holy fuck, man. 11 German suplexes. 11. 11. You know what this reminds me of? Did you read the Death of Superman comic book? Uh, when it happened back in, what, 92? Yeah, I think it did. It reminds me almost of seeing Superman getting dominated by fucking Doomsday. 12, That's almost what this is like. 12. 13. Kurt Angle's filing a lawsuit. 14. 14. Jesus Christ. You know what I'm going to remember about this SummerSlam? The time that John Cena got suplexed 14 times. 14 so far, motherfucker. Fuck. Brock, Brock might be going for that big 50. Oh, John Cena is a wrestling buddy right now. The crowd <laughs> is actually chanting boring. Fuck you people. Are you kidding me? What's wrong with these fucking people, man? I'm into this, this shit. This is domination. This is prison yard. You're my bitch bullshit right here. You don't see enough of this shit in wrestling. This is a motherfucker getting owned by the boss. I mean, shit, someone slide a bar of soap into John, John Cena so he can pick it up. John shit. Cena just locks on the STF to Brock in the middle of the ring. So help me God, if he taps out here, I'm going to fucking lose it. Nah. Brock's selling it. How can you say boring to this? I'm physically shaking. This is awesome. Wrestling fan is dead, dude. I hate to say it. The modern era, they're dead. I will completely lose my shit if he fucking taps out here, and he doesn't. He gets over and starts with those big ham bones on the face of John Cena, those rights. He's just fucking beating the shit out of John Cena. God. Going for an F5 here, folks. Rock hits it. That's got to be it. That's oh. it. That's it. John Cena has officially lost Brock Lesnar, ladies and gentlemen, after 14 German suplexes and an F5 and a UFC-style bout. Your new WWE World Heavyweight Champion, thank the gods, is Brock fucking Lesnar. Look at the crowd. <laughs> I have never in my life seen John Cena dominated like he was tonight. Never. In the 10 years that that motherfucker has been on top, Brock Lesnar just got put over like a motherfucker this year. He beats The Undertaker's streak, and he beats the shit out of John Cena. Holy fuck. I've never, I never would have expected this in a million years. This was, dom this was a one-sided match? My God. I'm speechless. This is as shocking to me as Taker losing the streak. Do you feel the same way? I do. I, I counted 14 Germans. I'm hearing that it was 15. I counted 14. If it is 15, then it's one for every title reign John Cena has. Wow. I can just imagine. 
I can't wait to get to work tomorrow and log on to the internet. The IWC is going to go insane. I want to see. What do you, you mean know tomorrow? What? Fucking 10 minutes from now, the internet's going to be a blaze of people being, oh, this fucking bullshit. Brock Lesnar, the goddamn part-timer, fucking won. This is fucking bullshit. Blah, 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 blah. It's what needed to happen, folks. This no, is exactly what needed to happen. Hold on. Now, every fucking body has been wanting to see this, okay? This has been years in the making. We've wanted to see John Cena beat down, destroyed, and then you're going to complain. No, it's not a catch-22. Listen, I respect John Cena for all he does, but I thoroughly enjoyed watching him be destroyed tonight. I'm going to say this now. I I have more respect for John Cena taking that beating tonight. I have never seen this man dominated like that. We're talking about John Cena, the guy that fucking manages to somehow kick out of anything. You run him over with a goddamn bus, the motherfucker kicks out it too. He got his ass owned. This was like a fucking prison yard rape of John Cena tonight. He got fucking destroyed, decimated, in a word, raped in the middle of the fucking ring by Brock Lesnar. Wow. Yeah, this was fucking believable. This was some cell block 32, you're in my fucking yard as Brock throws. And I love how Heyman isn't even like selling it like he's surprised. He's just walking out with Brock like I fucking told you this would happen. There's no way it was 16 Germans, guys. It was 14. It might have been 15. I lost count because I had to refresh my fucking stream. I didn't, sure- I didn't lose the stream on that match. I counted 14 straight. So you're probably right then because I had a refresh and I might have seen one of them twice. That's probably what happened. I mean, look, to to anyone's credit, it was easy to lose fucking count. I mean, (laughs) shit. You know, if if WWE is smart, John Cena does not show up on Raw tomorrow or the week after. He needs two weeks to recover from this. I, I think that's exactly what they need to do. He needs to take time away from the WWE and not be on the show. You know what? The announcers are saying it was 16. They miscounted because I swear to God, I counted every one of them. Guest 232 in the chat room said it perfectly. Heyman said it. Cena was victimized. He was definitely victimized. We're going to take our final commercial break. When we come back, we're going to go ahead and do a uh, short post show and kind of gauge some thoughts on what you saw tonight on SummerSlam. With that being said, Stay tuned for more continuing coverage uh, right here on Sunday Night Showdown of what happened at SummerSlam right here tonight on the SNS Radio Network. Daddy Cool Diesel, you're listening on the SNS Radio Network. Hey, wrestling fans. 
Do you want to break from the day-to-day ins and outs of the WWE, TNA, and Ring of Honor? Do you like talk radio that pulls no punches? And do you like your sci-fi and fantasy? Well, tune in to the Elite Force Podcast each and every midweek with Chuck W. And each weekend with William Walkie Walker and Mindwipe. Exclusively on the SNS Radio Network and the Chris Jones Gaming Network. Yeah. This is going to be fun. Hey guys, this is Ashley. And this is Sandro. And we're here to make sure that you check out the whole indie show each week on the SNS Radio Network. As both of us, along with our other co-host Randy, cover everything that you need to know on all things indie wrestling. It's your place for all the most recent indie news and event results, reviews of the latest shows from all the major promotions, and previews for all the upcoming events. We also want your feedback on any indie stuff you may have seen as well. Plus, you know, you never know. You might even get a few paperclip references now and then. So for all that and much more, listen to The Whole Indie Show every week here on the SNS Radio Network. No matter how hard you try, you can't stop us now. No matter Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson. Are you feeling down in the dumps because you live outside the United States and maybe you can't get the WWE Network? Maybe you'd like to watch Netflix from the American region. But since you're in another country, it doesn't work for you? Well, I've got the solution for you. The SNS Radio Network is recently affiliated with UnblockUs.com. If you go to the SNS Radio Network page and click the UnblockUs.com banner ad, you can sign up to get a VPN. Not sure what a VPN is? Well, it basically protects your identity online. Basically, it gives you an address online where the content you want becomes available. Here's how it works. When you click the link on the SNS Radio Network banner, it takes you to UnblockUs.com. And from that link, you can sign up for a free one-week trial. If you decide to sign up afterward, it's only $4.99 a month. And when you think about it, that's great savings. $4.99 a month allows you to watch American Netflix or any region of Netflix that you'd like to watch. And here's the biggie, folks. If you don't have the WWE Network, you live in the UK, you live in another country outside the United States, unblockus.com can set you up for $4.99 a month with a VPN that will allow you to have access to the WWE Network and all regions of Netflix And you can watch it on your PS3, your Xbox 360, any device you have, you're able to use with UnblockUs.com. And the best part about it is, I'm not just talking about this, I'm using this service myself. So once again, go to the SNS Radio Network, click on the UnblockUs banner, and from there, sign up. And if you do that, you help to support the SNS Radio Network as they give a kickback to us to help keep all the shows on the SNS Radio Network for free. Once again, unblockus.com, giving you freedom online. No matter how-
back to Sunday Night Showdown live on the SNS Radio Network with Rockzilla, Tony J. Mirabella, The Great White, Mark the Shark DiCarlo, Harmony Boom Boom Jackson, and Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson. All right, we're back right here. Sunday Night Showdown, uh, SummerSlam. It's done. It's in the books. Ladies and gentlemen, your new WWE World Heavyweight Champion by way of complete and utter domination, a.k.a. prison rape, in the middle of the ring, Brock fucking Lesnar. The Beast Incarnate beat the crap. I'm talking beat the living shit out of John Cena in a match in a beating that I, I can't remember ever saying that John Cena has ever taken in his life. I mean, I, my God, I'm shocked at the way that match went down. It wasn't a match. It was a fucking barroom brawl. It was a prison shakedown. I'm Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson. He's Bronxzilla, Tony J. Mirabella. I don't think Bronx has seen a beating that bad since he walked uh, down the street and saw somebody get their ass kicked in the alley. You know, is it wrong and sadistic that I have literally had a smile on my face since the end of that match? I've waited. I've waited through dozens upon dozens of radio shows. I've waited for years in front of my television to see what I saw tonight. I, I hate to say it. I, I sadistically love that. I, I know that might make me a horrible person. And again, in real life, if I had a son, I'd want him to grow up to be like John Cena. He's a great guy. But I enjoyed that just a little too much. It was beautiful. See, I'm the same way. And I, already there's people all over the Internet crapping oh, yeah. on this. You know, uh, even Andy Knowles, former host on this network, saying that John Cena phoned it in tonight. Uh, Andy, what the fuck did you watch tonight? Tonight told a story. For anybody that thinks that the Brock Lesnar-John Cena match did not tell a story, what the fuck did you guys watch tonight? The story is John Cena has been the man in the WWE for the last 10 years. He's been the unstoppable force that overcomes the odds. And tonight, he stepped in there with the guy that should have been that guy that walked away 11 years ago, who wanted his win back from Extreme Rules who came in and victimized John Cena. He came in with the goal that he was going to be champion. The same man that at WrestleMania defeated the Undertaker's streak that was the one in 21-1. and one. And he came in and beat the living shit out of John Cena. John Cena did a fantastic job of selling the brutality. I have more respect tonight for John Cena than I have ever had in my life. I have so much respect for this guy. To take the beating that he took tonight, wow. I am amazed. I'm shocked. I knew Brock was going over. Did I know it was going to be like that? Fuck no. 14, 15 German suplexes later, 
and two F5s and some very brutal fucking punches to the face. We're talking <laughs> UFC-style fucking beatdown. Brock Lesnar proved that he's the fucking man tonight. Shifty and Chad is saying it made John Cena look like shit. Well, when, no, it didn't. When has Cena ever looked like shit before? It seems that way because you've never seen him dominated like this. It's like when Zod is beating the fucking shit out of Superman and you're sitting there with your eyes wide as a little kid saying Superman can't get beat like this. Well, tonight, General Zod beat the fuck out of Superman. That shit happened, and we watched it on the WWE Network for nine ninety nine. I mean, okay, now I do get some people who say, you know, the quality of the Yeah, because the main event tonight, unfortunately, on a wrestling show wasn't a wrestling match. It was a guy getting mugged in a fucking alley. That was your main event tonight, and that's what it should have been. You know, for everybody that says it's boring, that match was boring, you're entitled to your opinion. I'm not going to tell you that you're wrong. I don't understand how anybody could have found that boring. To me, it was like watching the UFC, watching a fucking one-sided fight. And watching a guy beat the shit out of the other guy. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't bored by it. In fact, I was morbidly entertained. How many people out there who are complaining about this match are Undertaker fans? How would you have felt if Cena would have ended up winning tonight and ends up beating? See, because now here's the great thing. Even if Cena does come back and beats Brock Lesnar at some point, which may happen, but at least Brock can always say, and it'll never be said that Brock beat Taker, but then couldn't beat Cena. You don't want that streak win vicariously passed on to John Cena. They avoided John Cena versus Taker for years for a reason. Because they didn't want to push the hate on Cena of beating that streak. And if Cena would have went over tonight, it kind of would have been like vicariously through Brock Lesnar, Cena beat the streak. I actually think what happened tonight also protected the Undertaker's reputation because now you can say, yeah, he beat the streak, but he also stopped the unstoppable. He beat the unbeatable. He pinned John Cena. It wasn't a count out. wasn't a fucking DQ. He legitimately pinned John Cena one, two, three with no interference, no nothing. Tonight, as of this moment, Brock is the biggest thing in professional wrestling right now. Let me, let me ask you a question on a very serious note. Now that Brock Lesnar is the champion, and he dominated the man, the, the man that has been the superman of this company for the last 10 years, and he did it in a dominating fa uh, fashion, who do you think is going to be the guy on the roster right now that's going to be the next to beat Brock in this title run? I don't expect Brock to be on every Raw. I think he'll show up once a month to defend the, the title, maybe show up on a Raw or two to promote the Raw, to, to promote the, the pay-per-view. I'm sure that they'll give him extra dates on his contract to get him through WrestleMania as the champion. But let me ask you something. If he can dominate John Cena like that, who the fuck is going to beat him on this roster? That's what I'm saying. They needed something major to happen. You know, their original plans with Brian got knocked out of whack. I would even say you put Orton in there with fucking Brock and have Orton beat the crap out of him. I think that Brock needs to be strong going into WrestleMania. He needs to beat everybody dominantly. There shouldn't be one guy on this roster that even comes close to him that he can't fucking manhandle until, until 
fucking WrestleMania when they give that run to Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns beating the guy that beat The Undertaker and the guy that decimated John Cena and everybody else on the roster makes Roman Reigns the fucking man. Think well, about it. Ca- think, think about it from that standpoint. That's obviously the direction that they want to go. Roman Reigns is the guy they're wanting to push to the title at WrestleMania. What better, what better guy to do that than Brock Lesnar? What better guy to beat Brock Lesnar than the guy that decimated The Undertaker and John Cena back-to-back? It's fucking perfect. It writes itself. We've already seen how they've set up at SummerSlam for WrestleMania the next year. We saw it last year with Daniel Bryan. Unfortunately, his run had a series of unfortunate events, his injury being the biggest one. I really think this is where they're going. I don't think it's going to be Brock versus Rock. It would be stupid to have Rock come in and beat him. You need to have a new superstar. That's how you build talent. That's how you build somebody. The guy that beats Brock Lesnar for that title is the next guy in this company. What I would almost like now is, and maybe I'm, I'm like, I'm going to tie all this in. This has nothing to do with like what happened tonight, but I'm getting kind of tired of this authority gimmick. What I almost think they, they might do is like tomorrow night on Raw, you have, you know, Triple H and Steph, but they look a little bit worried. Maybe casually you have Triple H mention to Steph, wow, you know, I've never seen that happen to John Cena. You know, I've never seen anything like that. And, like, maybe Triple H goes up to, you know, Brock and Heyman and says, you know, now that uh, Plan C worked and Brock is a WWE World Heavyweight Champion, and if this happens, you're going to debut the new belt tonight. You know, I hope I can count on you, Brock, to play ball. You know, I hope I can count on you to be continue to be on the authority side. And maybe you'd have Heyman say it instead of Brock. Have Brock smile. But Heyman says, hey, Triple H, how's the arm? And the two of them just walk away. Like now you get to the point where you make the authority even worried. Because this win was so dominating tonight that maybe Triple H says to himself, shit. If I ever want to get the title off this motherfucker now, who can I get? <laughs> I'm going to tell you right now, they're talking about it in the chat room. What about Batista? I think Batista is definitely somebody that in the next several months could challenge. If I'm booking this thing, and I'm not, but if I'm booking this thing, you know, maybe Cena gets a rematch at Night of Champions and Brock beats him. Maybe after that he transitions into a different feud. Maybe you give Cesaro a shot. You build Cesaro back up and let him challenge Brock. He beats Cesaro. Maybe, you know, you give it to a guy like Ziggler to go in. He beats Ziggler. You go in against uh, just about everybody on the roster. And I think that Batista coming back is going to be a babyface, obviously off of his Guardians of the Galaxy uh, run at the theater. I think he's already left the authority, so you've already got that that pretty much taken care of. He comes back a babyface, and I say you hold off on Batista and Brock to the Royal Rumble. And that's your title match at Rumble. It's Brock and Batista, and he beats the fuck out of Batista. Or, even though Batista isn't with the authority, let's combine our storylines. Maybe after a month or two of, you know, Brock dominating everyone, finally Triple H, you see him on the phone. Look, man, I'm sorry about how things went down, but I need you, bro, please. Please, we don't know what to do. We have a guy on our hands who we can't control. 
please, you need to come back. And maybe that echoes in Batista coming back. He can still be a baby face when it comes up, you know, to going against Brock. I, you know, <laughs> a friend of mine just sent me a message while you were speaking, a private message. He goes, I sincerely pray to God that there were no John Cena fans under 10 watching tonight. <laughs> Unfortunately, there, there were. I'm sure. They were in the audience. Yeah, I mean, shit. <laughs> Lexi was actually watching. Um, she was upstairs in my room. She's actually getting ready for bed. Uh, she's upstairs in my room watching Littlest Pet Shop on Netflix. So I had her set up all night watching, you know, Littlest Pet Shop. So she didn't really. She's not a big wrestling fan anymore, believe it or not. Sienna still likes it, but Le- Lexi's just not. Uh, she's kind of gotten out of it. I mean, she'll watch it if I'm watching it. And she wants to spend time with me, but for the most part, she doesn't care. So, you know, even if she'd watched it, she would have been like, she hates John Cena. So, because, you know, her daddy hates John Cena, so she hates him, or she hates him too, right? So, she'd have been fine with it, but uh, my daughter wasn't watching it. So, you know, I don't, I don't know what other people's kids were doing. But with this complaining world we live in, I can imagine some parents bitching. Oh, John Cena is always supposed to come back. He's always, you know, I let my kid watch it thinking Cena was going to make the comeback. Well, <laughs> you know, you could have a lot of little kids sitting up in bed tonight asking mommy and daddy to look for Brock Lesnar under their bed. Well, no doubt. Uh, there's there's your boogeyman. It's Brock Lesnar. Again, uh, I'm shocked. Not that Brock won because I called that Brock was going to win, but just the manner in which Brock won. I mean, he is that unbeatable beast. If the, If that guy can do that to the guy that's unbeatable, that rarely loses matches, in John Cena. The rest of the roster has got to take notice to this. I think he's going he's gonna to be a long-term champion until fucking Mania. And I think you put Orton in there with him, and he beats the shit out of Orton. I would even say try to have Rollins cash in and have him beat the fuck out of Rollins. You know, you bring Batista in, have him beat Batista. Maybe you bring Rock in for, for a one-shot, and he beats Rock. I just think he needs to, he needs to run the gamut and take everybody out. Well, I mean, they started the ball rolling tonight. I don't see how you get him any more over than you would tonight. I mean. Well, I'm serious. Shit. After what he did to Cena tonight, there's no way anybody in this company can beat him. There's no fucking way anybody else can beat him right now. Because then you discount the fact that John Cena was unbeatable. Or near unbeatable. Just like with The Undertaker. The Undertaker was unbeatable at WrestleMania. Brock came in and he beat The Undertaker. John Cena has been the guy on top of this business. He's lost a couple matches along the way, but he's a 15-time champion that always overcomes the odds. And he was beat the fuck up tonight. Easily by Brock Lesnar. You know, I hope no one accuses, like, you know, the crowd reactions they showed tonight. It was very similar to WrestleMania, but that's natural. I mean, we've been so programmed. I mean, look at my quick pick. We've been so programmed to think that Cena's always going to come out on top that, again, those those crowd reactions were legit. There were people there like, oh, what the fuck? You know, and I know a lot of people are going to complain. Probably people who paid tickets to will complain. Oh, it wasn't a match. It was domination. Well, <laughs> too bad. Well, let me ask you a question. Not just you, but everybody in the chat room. When you go to the movies, do you like it when you always get a happy ending? I don't. I don't like always going to see a movie and getting a happy ending. That's one of the reasons I love Return, or not Return of the Jedi, uh, Empire Strikes Back. 
is because it was dark. It wasn't a happy ending like in The New Hope. It wasn't a happy ending like in Return of the Jedi. Bad things happen to good people. That's why, to me, Empire Strikes Back will always be the best of any of the Star Wars films. Because it didn't have a happy ending. Because you didn't know what was going to happen. Yeah, I mean, why does the baby face always got to go over? Even in the movies, you know? Hey, look, in real life, sometimes the bad guys win. And <laughs> SummerSlam is a big, you know, prover of that theory. Like I said, I'm, I'm shocked over the way he won. Uh, there was no way I would have ever called, you know, 14, 15 German suplexes. Yeah, no shit. I would have never called that. I, wow. Unbelievable. Well, the other thing you can't do now, which I actually like, is, you know, I know a lot of people say, well, the only reason Cena keeps winning is because, you know, he insists upon it and he's... No, I think Cena's been winning because they told him he's going to win, but tonight... No, that's you know, not entirely true. That's not that entirely true, and I'm going to tell you why. Because even Jericho and Edge, when Edge was on Jericho's podcast, well, I'd say six months ago, when they were talking about the, uh, the SummerSlam 2010 main event, the Nexus versus Team Cena. It was John's idea to book that match, that, the ending that way, that he was going to go over over the Nexus after everything that they did. And both Edge and Jericho said, that's a mistake. And he went with it anyway, and then after the fact, talked to both of them and said, yeah, you were probably right. I shouldn't have went that way. So I'm not going to say that he doesn't have any input over what happens in his matches, because he does. That's been proven. Well, maybe... <laughs> he didn't want to cross Brock, you know. Brock smash shall win anyway. Well, I, I don't know. let's let's not forget he's filming two movies concurrently right now. He's filming The Nest and that other fucking movie. I can't even think of it, the Judd Apatow movie. The Back Brace. So, maybe he's taking some time off. I think personally that if if that's the case, then he needs to be off the show for the next two, three weeks. I think after the beating he got tonight, don't don't have him show up on Raw. He doesn't need to. Trainwreck, that's the Judd Apatow movie. So he's filming two movies right now. Thank you, Shifty. So right now, he needs the time off. And after, after that beating, I would be disappointed if he showed up on Raw tomorrow night and was like, yeah, I got beat. I'm going home. Here's why I think he won't. Do you remember that uh, promo Paul Heyman cut Monday when he said, look what happened to The Rock. Brock Lesnar beat him. He was gone for however long. Brock beat Hogan. He was gone for however long. If you really want to make this sweet and keep selling it, then I think Cena has to be gone for a little bit. You know what? I'd go further. I'd go further. I wouldn't see Cena for about a month or two. I'm dead fucking serious. I think, I think tomorrow something else they need to do is put a video package of what you just said. They need to go back in Brock's career and show him from inception to where he's been dominant when he beat Hogan and smeared the blood on his chest, you know, by making him submit to the bear hug, when he beat Kurt Angle at WrestleMania, and Angle was out with a broken neck for months. I think they should do that. They should fucking show all the guys Brock is decimated, the Undertaker win, and then this one. That's painting a picture of a fucking guy that's just a bad motherfucker. I would, I would put that fucking package together right now if I was WWE. I, I fucking got a boner just thinking about that package tomorrow. 
I'm you, serious. You, that shit will fucking get me excited if they fucking do that. That'd be awesome. You know what was cool, too? That Brock didn't keep beating him down. Like, Brock beat him tonight and just left. Like, in other words, he, he looked at Cena like, you know what, motherfucker? I made my point. You know, I don't need to do it anymore. I made my point. That was some bad ass shit tonight. Man, I still can't get over that shit. Yeah, I, like I said, I'm complete. I, I didn't, I, you know, I wanted Ziggler to go over tonight. Did I think he was going to logistically? Probably not, but he did. I only had one problem with that match. Well, two. The, the lack of working the leg, which is a constant problem I have with the Miz. And the fact that Ziggler hits a fame asser and then Miz turns it into a fucking near fall finish, which was ridiculous. But I was happy that Ziggler got the win. That was great. We got a new Intercontinental Champion. Got two new champions tonight. That's fantastic. I would have to say that tonight looked a lot more like the majority booker was Triple H. And that's what it needs to be. Absolutely. I think, I think Vince has lost his ever-loving fucking mind. You give up on a guy four weeks into his push because you don't like the gimmick. Well, it's getting over. You know, like fucking Adam Rose was getting over, and then you fucking lame-ducked him. I, I think it's time that Vince, you know, retires and lets Triple H run the fucking show. You know, Triple H, the guy that's been accused for fucking, you know, 10 years now of burying everybody in the fucking company. That's the same Triple H right now that's signing guys like fucking Prince Devitt and Kenta and Kevin Steen and Sami Zayn and Adrian Neville and fucking pushing a superior product called NXT every fucking week. That's the same guy that apparently buried every motherfucker out there. Yeah. A guy that didn't even get his power till 2003, quite frankly. And even then, still wasn't fully in control. Yeah, because with Vince McMahon latching on to John Cena leech-like for as long as he has, I can't see him booking that finish. All I, ever, I, all, all I fucking hear all the time, Triple H buries everybody. Well, he buried Booker T. Well, why didn't they put the belt on Booker T? I don't really know why. Why didn't they put the belt on RVD? Well, there's a couple reasons why. If you go back to 2002... He's the one that injured Triple H's throat and put him on the shelf for a little while when he came off the top of the, the fucking uh, elimination chamber and messed up Triple H's throat. And here's a guy who is someone who smokes a lot of fucking marijuana. So they don't push fucking RVD in 2002. Big fucking whoop de doo Guess what? They did in 2006, and guess what happened when they did? A month later, he's fucking driving down the road with Sabu, and he gets caught with fucking marijuana and embarrasses the company as the WWE champion. Huh, wonder why they didn't push him in 2002. Maybe they fucking knew something. I don't give a fuck why they didn't push him. I'm just sick of all these motherfuckers and their goddamn memes. Ooh, Triple H buried this guy. I saw one the other day where it's Triple H, and then they got a fucking cemetery full of names that he's buried. He's put over more motherfuckers in that company than he's ever fucking buried, allegedly. It just drives me fucking crazy. Yeah, I don't get it. I, I just don't get it. I, I, oh, look, he married Stephanie, okay? Well, get no, over no, no. it. He buried Goldberg. Did he not put Goldberg over for the championship? I seem to remember that storyline happening, that Goldberg beat Triple H to be the champion, so I don't really know how he buried him. Married, maybe Goldberg, Goldberg buried himself because he sucks. I mean, he put his fist through a fucking car window when he was told not to do it, but he did it anyway. I mean, come on. really. I mean, I mean keep in mind, when Goldberg came into the company... The first guy he faced was The Rock, and The Rock put him over. That's, that's a pretty big fucking push coming into the company. 
Yeah. I mean, come on. It's, it's the, the, the fact of the matter is Goldberg fucking floundered. It wasn't that he was held down. He fucking floundered. A lot of the guys you think should be champion shouldn't be based on whatever reason. Yeah, and Brock Goldberg was never what it was could have been because everyone knew they were both fucking leaving. But anyway, you know. I'm done. I'm done discussing that. I just I just think it's funny that people seem to bring that up all the time. Oh, he buried this guy, buried this guy. But this is the same guy that signed all these fucking talents and is doing a great job of fucking bringing good business in. The guy fucking saying, signed Bruno San Martino to the Hall of Fame. He got the fucking warrior. He's going to be the guy that gets Sting in the goddamn company. Like, get off this fucking bullshit. Give the guy some goddamn respect. He fucking put over Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania. Like, fuck. Yeah, what else do you want? But hey. Let's fucking be biased and, you know, let our little fanboy opinions, you know, direct us from the truth. But getting back to the Brock situation, and we got to wrap this up. Getting back to Brock, I think they made the right move tonight. I think that Brock dominating Cena was the move. That was the best thing they could have done. Didn't expect it to go that way. I expected it to be a pretty close matchup, but it would be a war. I figured both guys would beat the crap out of each other. Didn't happen. But I'm digging it. I loved it. That's one of the best SummerSlam main events I've ever seen. Just because it was the complete and utter destroyal of John Cena. Something I've wanted to see for a long time. And I got mad respect for dude. I'll tell you now, mad respect for John Cena. Oh, yeah. He 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 took that beat down like a champ. I mean, those, those fucking suplexes, he sold every single one of them. So, you know, I got a feeling that, you know, within the next... Half hour, him and Brock are going to be having a beer. I mean, let's face it. We know in real life Brock probably isn't really a fucking psycho. Uh, you know, I, mean, I, he, I, don't, I don't know that they're going to have a beer in an hour. I don't think that Brock is universally liked. I think there's a lot of guys in that company that feel like a part-timer coming in and getting that push is undeserved. I disagree. Brock Lesnar did enough for the business during his run. You can't say Brock wasn't pushed to the moon and Brock didn't work. Brock was the MVP of SmackDown in 2003. That show was about Brock Lesnar. Well, he did have the respect to ride with Taker to the hospital. So, I mean, I don't think he's that much of a douchebag. I know a lot of people might be butthurt. There's probably a lot of people in that company that are butthurt. He, he, you know, beat the streak. Probably a lot of people in that company who wanted to go over John Cena, but are butthurt that Brock got the chance to do it. But you know what? It, it, it's hilarious how a lot of people said WWE would, when Brock came back, they'd want to say that, you know, wrestling is better than UFC. They would want to make it where Brock comes back and, like, you know, doesn't use the UFC shit and it's bullshit. But tonight, what you saw, what WWE is really saying is a legit shoot fighter like this guy is going to win. He's a legit badass. If Brock had come back from playing football, they definitely wouldn't have went this route. I agree. You know, I agree. I, see, I, you, he's a legit fucker. Dana White had to love this main event tonight. Had to love it. I'm sure he did. <laughs> you I'm know? absolutely sure he did. Uh, you know what? I'm going to open the phone lines to take a few calls if you guys want to call in. And if you don't, then we'll wrap the show up. Not a big deal. Uh, 501-588-59. Hang on. i got to look up my number. I haven't called myself in a while. 501-588-7957. Or add Sunday Night Showdown to your Skype. It's rare that we ever get calls. You know, I just renewed this motherfucker for another three months. So, 
I'm, I'm glad you were on top of that. I completely forgot my own number because I don't ever call it anymore. Baby, JJ forgot his number. Would you stop singing on the show? We're trying to get listeners to listen, not fucking tune away. You are killing our fucking listenership worse than Brock Lesnar killed John Cena tonight. Oh, but and I'm not fucking joking. So overall, what would you give this a letter grade? Like if you had to say, this is what I thought of the show. Give me your letter grade. Honestly. Fucking A. I'm dead serious, man. I'm not being stupid. Fucking A. Just for Ziggler going over. And even though there were some things on the pay-per-view I didn't like, Orton freaking um, (coughs) Roman Reigns was very, very good. Um, And just for the main event, just for how much I've been smiling in the last 30 minutes. I can't, bro. I'm sorry. Straight up A. I'm also going to go with an A. Well, A minus because the Brock thing was great. Brock, I I thought Brock and Cena was fantastic. I really enjoyed Orton and and Reigns. Uh, The Ziggler match was fun, so I'll give it an A minus. It had some problems tonight, but I'm going to give it an A minus. Let's go to the phone lines. Welcome to Sunday Night Showdown. Who's this? It's Ashley, guys. Hey, what's up, Ash? Oh, just... Oh, no. I'm sort of... It's weird how I can be both happy and unhappy with the main event. It's... I just have preferred to have have been a little more, you know, like 80-20 rather than 99-1 in terms of offensive and defensive. Yeah, but you never in a million years thought you'd see that, right? (laughs) Yeah. I was surprised that they go for it. So it's, uh, I guess that's the, the ballsy move that they went for. And yeah, it's, it's just a surprise. And the fact is, I think, <clears throat> okay, not every title was on the line here, but you had three title matches and three new champions. I was disappointed that we didn't have a tag team title match tonight. Uh, yeah. You know, and, and really a U.S. Somewhere. title match I would have I liked as well. Uh, but we didn't get those. But, you know, overall, I, I thought for the most part, we could have gotten rid of the Divas match. It, it, fuck it, to me, it sucked. I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to lie. Uh, it, was, it was the abortion of the night, i, I got to say. Uh, I, I just didn't care anything for it. But, you know, I'll stand by my A, A-. Uh, you know, it could have been a little bit better, but I was just absolutely shocked. And I think it's very telling when they put a guy like Brock Lesnar over in the fashion that they did that John Cena is a guy that isn't long for, uh, for this for this company being the, the main superstar. I think that that was a cue that things are changing. Yeah, this is the start of the build-up to, <clears throat> I, well, I guess, who's going to be the Brock topper or something yeah. like that. Well, um, I mean, at point, you, you have to. I mean, you, you can't go with one guy forever. Eventually, the, Cena's going to want to retire. I mean, it's not going to be for a while, but I mean, Jesus, you, you can't expect this guy to hold the company on his shoulders. He's done it for d- damn near 10 years. He ain't going to do it for 10 more. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I think they found it with Brian, but uh, it never came through. Well, unfortunately, Brian was sidetracked with injuries and, you know, every, all these other setbacks. And, you know, it was it was an interesting build for Brian. I thought that sometimes they they overdid it with the whole. Uh, he wins, you know, over Randy Orton, and then like the title gets given back to Orton, or they, you know, reverse the the, the call. I thought that was kind of bullshit, but at the same time, mm-hmm. it was building up to that moment at WrestleMania where he was going to get that run. Um, it had its issues, 
But I like I like things where they are now. Hopefully, WWE is not going to drop the ball on this and fuck it up. I have my doubts that they're not going to do what I think they should do. We'll see. But I mm-hmm. would like to see them uh, take Brock full term to WrestleMania. Whether he has to have more appearances and more money. You know what? They fucking got a buy rate tonight from the network. I guarantee you, if people did not tune in to watch John Cena get his ass beat tonight, when they hear about it, they fucking will. People will subscribe <laughs> just to fucking see that match. Like, I, I think this was a bold move, and it was the right move to do. And, you know, John Cena had all this, this rigmarole about, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fucking go to a place where I need to go to win, and he didn't. He just <laughs> he got his ass beat. So looking at the schedule for the pay-per-view, it's airing immediately now afterwards and I think it's Yeah, I'm watching the four times in a row from 6 Eastern to 6 PM Eastern. Yeah, I'm actually watching the Divas abortion <laughs> match right now. Who would have thought that the place John Cena would have went to try to win would have been the fucking shower stall at the local jail? Yeah, I guess. <laughs> Ashley, anything else, man? The phone lines are starting to blow up. Um, just I wanted to get your quick thoughts on the news that came before the main event that SummerSlam's finally moving and it's going to be uh, New York, New Jersey next year. I think that's awesome. If I was Bronx, I would go. If, actually, if I have the money, maybe I'll fucking try to go next year. I think it would be great to uh, hook up with Bronx and maybe go uh, watch SummerSlam. What I'm going to do now that I got that info, starting this week's paycheck, <laughs> I'm going to put $20. Great. Ashley got dumped, too. I was saying I would gladly blow a hundred bucks, you know, to, uh, you know, go see fucking SummerSlam or even five, six hundred bucks. I'm going to start saving 20 bucks a week. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. Uh, Let's go back to the phone lines. Welcome to Sunday Night Showdown. Who's this? Hey, guys, what's going on? It's uh, it's the Lou. Lou, what's going on, man? Hey, man. uh, Giving you guys. Are you there? Yeah, sorry about that, man. Had uh, had had something else going on. No, uh, overall, overall excited about the show tonight. I'm going to give it a, a B plus, A minus, in the same boat as you. I wonder if our opinions are different now on pay per views, though, because we're only paying ten bucks a month as opposed to sixty. Like for example, you know, payback a couple months ago, ten bucks. Ah, oh, yeah, it's an okay show. Sixty bucks. Oh, that would have been a fucking train wreck. So I wonder if our opinions on these shows have been has been altered a little bit because of the cost that we're paying. I think that's a legitimate uh, question, I, I, and I think you got a point there because I don't mind it being you know ten dollars a month, uh, but at the same time, being an objective wrestling radio show host, <laughs> as I laugh, uh, I I think that you make a valid point. But I, you know what? I enjoyed the show. I mean, there were no, some matches uh, I thought were shitty, but you know, for the most part, I, I enjoyed it. Well, and I say that because, no, there were definitely highlights to this. And if this would have been a $60 show, I mean, there definitely would have been points where I was rolling my eyes, but the finish really wrapped it up for me. Uh, is anybody in the, in the SNS chat will tell you, you know, I'm the biggest Paul Heyman ECW mark you'll find, uh, to a fault, actually. So I have no problem with a Paul Heyman guy like Brock being champion. I have no problem with him. You know, he's been called the part-time guy, which when he, when he first beat The Undertaker, that was my immediate thought was, oh, fuck, man, this guy's going to go away for a year. Uh, but I do have to say, if, if, if we're going to carry this, he needs to be on the show. He needs to be on Raw more regularly. Does he have to be at house shows? No, no one cares about that. But he needs to be on Raw because while I love Paul Heyman, I really just don't think that pudgy little guy can really carry the feud on his own uh, against whoever it is they end up throwing his way. People mentioned Batista. People mentioned, mentioned uh, 
you know, feeding Cesaro to him, whoever it may be. I really think you just need to have Brock there to have that presence. So the E really needs to, whether it's poning up more money or just forcing him to, to show up at more shows, we got to have him there. It just can't be Heyman who carries everything. I've, I've been so vocal about since they signed him uh, to this part-time deal, uh, you know, the, the 35 appearances a year I think is bullshit. You know, when, when they signed that first contract, they should have signed it to where he shows up at least two or three Raws a month and a pay-per-view. Uh, whether he works house shows or not is irrelevant. I don't think he needs to. But I agree. I, he does need to have more dates, and I would be okay if he worked two Raws out of the month and the pay-per-view because he doesn't need to be at Raw every week. I mean, I, I think two minimum. Yeah. I, I think two minimum is minimum is what it needs to be. Realistically, it's not going to be four. You know, he's got other things going on in his life, and 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 he doesn't want to be there all four weeks. But but I'd be really happy if he's going to be the champ for you know three. I mean, if, if he's going to be the the standard bearer, if he's going to be the torch holder, he he needs to be there for three uh three shows a week or three shows a month. Uh, that being said, as someone who shouldn't be on the show going forward, though, you guys hit the nail on the head. I think is Cena. Uh, one, if Cena isn't there for, I'd say, the next two months. I mean, mention him every week. Every time Brock comes out, you know, have Cole, you know, say, oh, you know, Cena hasn't been on the show in three weeks now or whatever it is. That does two things. First of all, that gives Cena some very much needed rest uh, because while I'm not a big fan of the guy's work, I I do understand that his body's been beat to hell over the last decade. Uh, And two, it it, it puts over the beating that Brock gave him. So I think that's something they've got to do. We're going to need less Cena moving forward for the next two months and more Brock. I think so, too. I think, you know... The old saying is absence makes the heart grow fonder, and I think less John Cena will probably make people respect him more. Uh, you know, he's been the guy they've built around for the last 10 years, and the fact that Brock went in there and just dominated him speaks volumes to me as to what they're going to do. I would even say he's injured now. You you put an injury angle on him. You fucking yeah, have him off. Have injured. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and that's what you do. I mean, tonight's beating reminded me of, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, guys, it reminded me of when you would see somebody like uh, like an Ultimate Warrior go in and beat a jobber. Oh, it was, it was War Machine versus Christy Mack. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 was, it, was, it was brutality. You know, and, and I would even be cool with a Brock Lesnar appearance once a month on Raw where he actually gets in the ring and takes on a lower card guy or whoever and just beats the shit out of him. At the very worst, you know what I think they should do? Let's just say we get, out of the four, usually four Raws in a month, Brock is on two. I agree three would be great, but let's say, worst case, we get two. One of them has to be the go-home show to the pay-per-view. He should be featured on every pay-per-view and always, always be on the go-home show or Raw. Certainly agree, and he he just needs to... Now, I was kind of impressed. Brock did a little bit of... uh... He, he, now, granted, it was in a video package that maybe they did 30 or 40 or hell, even 50 takes and spliced it all together, but uh, did, a, did a pretty good job of, of talking some trash to Cena. I mean, you know, we've always kind of, you know, Brock smash. We've made fun of the fact that the guy can't string together sentences or use words that have more than two syllables in them. Uh, actually sounded pretty good when he was doing some speaking for himself tonight, so I, uh, I, I was impressed with that. Uh, you know, Orton and Reigns stole the show. Um, I'm a huge Ziggler Mark too, and I mean, not to bitch just for the sake of bitching. I'm not Andy the Power Knowles, but uh, I did think it was kind of weak that Ziggler won the t- you know won the IC title from Miz so quickly. You know, I kind of thought they were going to do a little mini Daniel Bryan underdog thing with him, where you know you have him get just screwed over and screwed over and screwed over by the Miz for four or five months, and then boom, he finally wins it at Survivor Series or something. Um, the one thing I will say, the fact that we had two women's matches. And one with 
Brie Bella, who's not really considered a great in-ring performer, and Stephanie McMahon, the fact that they told a story ten times better than AJ and Paige, who the IWC seems to consider the the standard bearers of women's wrestlers today, and you two couldn't get the crowd to pop at least one time, whereas Stephanie and 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 Brie had the place going nuts. You two should be fucking ashamed of yourselves. I mean, y- y'all were worse than the Miz selling a selling selling a uh, selling a bump. That was terrible. I agree. Uh, I, you know, I'm glad that I'm not alone on that train. I am so sick of the page is the greatest thing in the Divas division since Trish Stratus. She's not, not by a long shot. I'm not saying that she's not talented and can't work, but she has been so lackluster since she debuted on Raw. It's it's not even funny, and that match was horrible. Horrible. Lou, why don't you like me, Lou? This is uh, just it, it's it's just not there, Bronxy. I'm sorry, man. I just I just cannot. She's she looks like a ten year old boy with a wig on, and she sounds like a boy going through puberty when she does that awful, horrible scream of hers. It is it, it, there is nothing appealing about this chick. Not in the <laughs> ring, not out of it, nothing. Uh but uh, but no, I am glad to see. Hopefully, we'll get a lot more ECW references on Raw now that uh, Paul Heyman's going to have a bigger part. Uh, hope I'm sure we're going to get a whole lot of snarky little comments from Jerry Lawler. Uh, but guys, uh, I'll go ahead and let y'all get to it. But just keep in mind, uh, whether it's coming on to SNS and stealing the show with my Extreme Championship calls or reminding Jerry Lawler he can kiss my Extreme Championship balls, I'm the Lou, and I'm better than you. Woo! And that, ladies and gentlemen, is how it's done. Very nice. Very nice. That was the Lou. So the phone lines are open if you guys want to call in. We'll take a couple more calls before we wrap things up on the show. Uh, but, man, it's been a good show tonight. I, I really wish the Shark would have been here tonight. I really do. I miss the Shark. Yeah, me too. I mean, it's it's just something to, you know, I know the IWC must be going nuts. I mean, I'm not on Facebook right now. I'm not on, um, you know, any of the. Farley, are you there? Hello? Uh, yeah, it's me. How come when I add you to the conference, it kicks Bronx out, and I'm actually inviting you to the group call? So there's no reason why Bronx should be getting kicked out. I have no idea. Unfucking real. Let's try this again. And I've noticed it's just with you. Are you there, Bronx? I had the job to fucking Farley, really? Dude, and I invited you to the call. I didn't fucking like put you on pause and go to him. I invited you to the call. So I don't know what it is with you two. There's something going on with your Skypes that won't mix, but yeah. So Farley has joined the show, folks. What's what's going on, Farley? Oh, I'm still on? Well, I can hang up on you if you'd like. Oh, no, no. I was wondering because it looked like my... No, um, don't, I was kicked out. Hang up on me. Don't. <laughs> well, I got... By God, this was a great SummerSlam. I'm not saying it was one of the best, but it's up there as one of the good ones. Well, for at least a couple of matches. There were some duds in this one. Don't don't. Oh yeah, I agree. it wasn't the greatest SummerSlam of all time, mind you. Uh, it, it, I wouldn't even say it ranks up with with some of the really great ones, but it had its moments. Definitely, I agree with you. what the hell, Miz. You get hit with a famous and you just pop back up and hit your finish. You hit the skull crushing finale from a fucking famouser. Yeah, Miz did nothing for the belt since he won it last month. And th- I'm hoping now with Dolph as a champion, he defends at least once a week. That would be great. But with the history that WWE has done with that belt in the last couple years, I'm doubtful of it. I-, I hope he defends it twice a week. I'd like to see him defend it on Raw and SmackDown and make him, you know, give him the gimmick that he's the hardest-working champion on the roster. 
especially now that Brock is the, the world champion because you're probably not going to see world title matches as frequent. So you need to put that title on a guy that can go out there and work his ass off and at least provide oh. title matches. And I think, I think, knock on wood, that was the idea of putting the belt on Ziggler because he's the guy that can do that. Yeah, I have no problem with Cena basically getting dominated by um, Lesnar because that's what we never expected. I mean, we thought we would see Lesnar just beat the crap out of Cena like at Extreme Rules a couple years ago. But this was a completely different story. I mean, from beginning almost through the whole match, it was whole Lesnar. And I'm thinking that don't have Cena around for a while, not until even for Night of Champions. Have like a little tournament where the winner faces Lesnar at that pay-per-view. And let's say that the, at the Night of Champions, Cena appears on the Titan Tron saying, heck, I'm catching in my rematch at the following pay-per-view, which I think is hell in the cell. Here's one guy, though, who this win by Brock Lesnar hurts even more. Seth Rollins. Because there is no way now. The Money in the Bank briefcase just became completely worthless, in my opinion. No, it, it didn't, um, Bronx. It, it, think, you're not thinking long-term here. Oh, yeah. Really long-term? If he saves it until after Brock loses? Yeah. But, I mean, for the foreseeable future, anyone thinks Seth is going to try to cash that shit in on Brock? Well, think about it for a second. When Edge won his Money in the Bank briefcase, he didn't cash it in until almost that full year later. On John Cena. He cashed it in, what, he won it in March or April of 2005, and he didn't cash it in until the January of 06, and then beat John Cena after the, the uh, uh, fucking New Year's Revolution match, the, the Elimination Chamber match. Then you look at a guy like, uh, who was it, Dolph Ziggler, who waited, uh, what, nine months to cash his in on Alberto Del Rio? I don't have a problem with the long-term cash-in, and it actually makes sense to have Rollins with the briefcase. Because once Reigns gets his run, who do you think is going to try to cash it in on him? You've got an instant program with Rollins. So it doesn't, in my opinion, in any way deter Seth Rollins from any kind of run. It means he ain't going to cash it in on Brock. But it doesn't negate that he's not going to have time to cash that in and not have a storyline. Well, the thing is, nowadays, they generally don't wait that long. If they go with your scenario, it's fine. What are you talking about? I just gave you an example. Fucking oh. Dolph Ziggler fucking waited nine, ten months before he cashed in. They do wait that long. No, I don't know with Rollins, though. I just don't know. He's like, ugh. I, I don't know what they're going to do with him now. Let Rollins continue the feud with um, Ambrose for a while. As you said, let it go up to Hell in the Cell. Yeah, there, true. There's other guys on the roster he can feud with after he's done with Dean Ambrose. I mean, this is a pretty rich roster. At some point, they're going to start moving people from NXT up. There's a, there's a wealth of talent that he can work with. He doesn't have to be thrust into the main event picture anytime soon. Shit, I could even see Rollins Orton at some point, like vying for the next guy to go up against Brock or some shit like that, you know? I just think you're looking very short term. He doesn't have to cash it in next week. I mean, he's got a full year. I know. Money in the bank just... to cash it in. And, and they have waited and let that happen. Yeah, I get what you're saying. I mean, you know, let it let's let it wait long enough where we actually almost forget he has it. Even Bingo. though we see him with it, it's like, eh, it's never going to happen. Yeah, I get what you're saying. You're right. 
And, and that's yeah. to me, that's the best way to go is when you got a guy with the briefcase, you forget he has it because he never flaunts it. I mean, he carries it with him every week. But you forget sometimes that he's the, the money in the briefcase holder. And he cashes it in when you least expect it. So. We'll see. If Brock goes to WrestleMania, like you said, then they've really got a long-term thing set up. Well, I mean, you've got to, you've got to have food for, you know, uh, for Roman Reigns. You've got to have guys that he can go up against. And one of his former teammates in the Shield is Money in the Bank champion. So there's his first feud right there. That's true. So, so neither of you guys think this is going to be a short reign for Lesnar, right? You want no. this going to be somewhat long-term? I think it's going to be long-term. Yeah, I have nothing against that being the case. But that's if they were able to get him on a couple of the shows at least once, uh, once or twice a month, that would be good. Well, let me, let me ask you something. I want you guys to think about this really seriously. I know there's a lot of dirt sheet rumors going around. Oh, well, you know, there's no, there's no plans for Brock to hold this title long-term. Then why did you put it on Brock? Why would you have done this if you didn't have long-term plans to put it on Brock Lesnar? Why would you have him come in and win it and then lose it a month later? That would fucking negate him winning the belt. That would negate the beatdown he beat on The Undertaker, the beatdown he just put on John Cena. Why would you fucking do that any other way? I can't, I mean, look, I don't know what dates he's working. I would like to believe that they're going to work in extra dates. I think that Brock should work extra dates, and they should compensate him for the extra dates. I don't think it's going to be an issue. But I think it would be stupid to give him a two-month run and then he somehow drops the belt. Oh, I agree. And who knows when um, – this is not part of an audible for um, Daniel Bryan getting injured and had to vacate the belt. I think that no matter what, we're going to see Lesnar go for the belt at SummerSlam. So it would have been either Cena or Daniel Bryan. Yeah, I think that was the plan all along. Because if it wasn't, I don't think that they would have given Undertaker, I don't think they would have given Lesnar a streak. I really don't. They have a plan. We're seeing long-term booking again. We haven't seen this in years. I can't remember the last time they had long-term booking goals in this company. And I think that's exactly where they're going. There was a time, if you remember, back when Trey and I had uh, Kevin Nash back on WNL for that two-and-a-half-hour chat we had that one time. Uh, that he talked about when he worked as Diesel in WWE, that Vince had like six to seven, eight months of booking written down, and he could tell you where the character was going. It almost seems like they've gotten back to that. Well, I've got one for you. Let's say if everything turns out okay, and Brock holds the title for a while, and Brian can get back before WrestleMania. Now, we don't know if that's going to happen. It may, it may not. Would you put Daniel Bryan in there against Brock Lesnar as a viable threat? I'm sorry, not what? right away. No, of course not. But I mean, at some point, because don't forget, if hopefully when Bryan can come back, he can always say, I never lost that title. He's got a legit claim to that title saying, you know, yeah, I got hurt. I had to give it up, but no one beat me for it. Uh, I'm looking in the chat room and Nate, don't take offense to this. But he says, I reckon Lesnar goes out. If, Re if Lesnar goes out before Mania, we can have Reigns, Ambrose, and Rollins as your main event. That's a terrible fucking idea. Because what's the point? And again, hold on. Again, I'm not knocking you, man. This is, this is just from a logical standpoint. The whole idea of WrestleMania, the main event, is to put one guy over, to have a triple threat with the three members of the, of the Shield. 
and one of them not an established world champion does nothing for the guy that goes over. If you have Brock Lesnar being on a fucking tear, the guy that beat The Undertaker, the guy that beat John Cena, the guy that beat uh, this guy, he beat that guy, he beat this guy, and he goes all the way to fucking WrestleMania, you're making a guy by having that guy beat that guy. It's not going to work in a triple threat situation with three guys that were never world champion and were never big like Brock Lesnar or Triple H or any of those guys to put somebody over. That makes no sense, bro. Love you, but no sense at all. Well, and that's what's brilliant about tonight, too, because what you've done tonight is, you know, it was like when Cena had the belt, it was always you could never make anyone. It was like you tried to make someone and your goal wasn't the title. Your goal was the job to Cena. But now that you got Brock with the belt, and if we go with JJ's idea, and he goes on for months being this unstoppable juggernaut, he's a valuable commodity because the first person who beats him is is elevated. That's the only trigger you need. This guy's had the belt for six months. No one can stop him. He's leaving dead bodies in his fucking wake. And finally, someone, whether it's Roman Reigns, whether it's Daniel Bryan, no matter who it is, they ride in on their white horse and beat this guy, and you've made an instant star with one match. They really did a great setup tonight if they don't fuck it up. You know, Definitely. And I, uh, hang, they, hang on, hang on, before you, you answer that. Uh, Nate's asking me, uh, how do you sell it over? Beating Brock, I mean. Same situation. I think I've explained how that works. Brock Lesnar goes on to WrestleMania and beats every guy that they put in front of him on the road to WrestleMania. He beats Orton. He beats Cesaro. He beats John Cena. He beats Batista. Every guy they throw at him, whether he works two, three days a fucking month, he beats every guy that you put in his way until Roman Reigns wins the Royal Rumble and goes after Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. And Roman Reigns beats Brock Lesnar in the center of the ring, one, two, three, on the biggest show of them all, WrestleMania 31. And he's a made fucking man because that's how they do shit. Kurt Angle put Brock Lesnar over in 2003 at WrestleMania 19 to build Brock Lesnar up to be the champion, to get that belt back after being screwed by Paul Heyman. There is a plan. That's how, you, that's how you put people over at WrestleMania. You put them against a guy, and you fucking make a guy at WrestleMania. Yeah, wrestling 101. I can't disagree with that. I mean, shit. You know, like I, I said. Yeah. Maybe I'm not understanding what you're saying here, Nate. Well, no, that guy has been a champ either. How is it? I don't understand what you're asking me. I have laid this out so many different ways and explained myself. I don't understand what you're saying. You're, you're telling me that it makes more sense to have a triple threat with the Shield at WrestleMania for the title. It doesn't make any goddamn sense. I'm telling you what makes sense. I'm telling you, booking 101, this is how you make a champion. This is how you build a new guy. I don't understand what you're asking of me. Yeah, and if you want to test to see maybe how fans would feel about Reigns and Lesnar, have like at one of the future shows, whatever, just them having a face-to-face and see how the fans will react. Not right now because it's too early. I mean, yeah, space you, you, it you, out. You've got to continue to build Reigns up, which is what they're doing. They, he got a huge win tonight over Orton. Huge. Biggest win of his career tonight, folks. Next month, it's probably Triple H, and they're going to continue to build this guy. And they're going to keep him away from Brock until he wins the Rumble and they set up WrestleMania. And then Roman Reigns is going to be the next John Cena. 
Mark my fucking words. That's the plan. Yeah, you got to keep him away from Brock. You, you can't have those two anywhere near each other for the next couple of months because that's your culmination. I mean, if, in, in fact, Roman Reigns is going to be the guy, then you want to keep him as far away from Brock as you fucking can. Absolutely. Yeah, and you say, who can they throw against Lesnar for a while? How about we just have Heyman go like, there's no one crazy enough to face my champion now and all that. And here comes Ambrose like, you know what? I am that crazy. I want to face Lesnar. Yeah, but you've got a plethora of guys. There's no shortage of guys you can put in the ring with Brock Lesnar. There's and not that a shortage been of anybody. For a while. There, you've got Ambrose. You've got Rollins if you wanted to make that. Uh, you've got Orton. You've got Ziggler, who right now is the Intercontinental Champion. I mean, just there's so many guys on this roster that you could do something with. Hell, you know, if they wanted to do so, uh, throw a curveball, Bray Wyatt. Yeah, you could throw Bray Wyatt at him. Talk about turning Bray Wyatt face. I can't think of a better way to do it. Well, for the promo work alone, it would be cool if, like, next month or whatever, Ambrose beats Rollins and he gets money in the bank, and then he's got a chance to go after Lesnar. And just like the promo work between Ambrose and fucking Heyman would be awesome. Or, you know, (laughs) Bray. Yeah, that's a possibility. You know, Bray could, you know, get in freaking Heyman's head. You could do some psychological shit. Of course, Bray's probably going to lose. But, I mean, you could do some psychological shit down the road. Brock isn't going to have a lack of opponents. There are a million guys you can throw in his way until you finally get to the man, which most likely will be Roman Reigns. There's plenty of guys in that company now who you can feed to Brock over the next few months and it not get boring. Jericho, Hell, RVD. They can, yeah, they can do something like, let's say, uh, the next tomorrow night on Raw, either Jericho or RVD wants a shot against Lesnar and gets it and he takes them out since they're – current tenure in the company is in near the end isn't it that'd be a good way to write them off just have lesnar destroy them yeah like i said there's a plethora of guys that they could that they could do something with it's not even an issue hell you could even put triple h in there if 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 something happens where he doesn't like the way things are going and he tries to strip brock of the belt then you know maybe you put triple h in there and he fucking puts him over i again there's there's so many guys you can do something with. Give Kane another fucking tryout. Give him a fucking match with Brock Lesnar. It would probably suck. <laughs> but, I mean, it is what it is. There's so many fucking guys on this roster that you could throw at him. And, again, he doesn't have to work every week. It doesn't That's matter. That's help space the things out. Well, it, it, it also makes it a bigger deal when he shows up on Raw, guys. Do you remember when Raw first aired on the, uh, on the USA Network? Yoko was the champion. Yoko didn't show up every week. But when he did, it was a big deal. You didn't see The Undertaker on Raw every week. But when he showed up, it was a big deal. We didn't well, see Hogan most of the shows, too, when well, they Hogan didn't left. have... Hogan left. Yeah, those were like taped events and yeah, all that. Yeah, but Hogan left. Hmm. Hogan was barely there when Raw started. There might have been no, a No, I'm saying before run. the Raws, like during the 80s and all that, when they had like superstars and everything. Yeah. Superstars was about, you know... Uh, Ultimate Warrior would face Brooklyn Brawler or the Warlord would face the British Bulldog or something, you know, and it would always be a big match on Superstars because these guys would be beating up jobbers every fucking week. I'm okay with Brock getting this, and I know that I'm going to read on 100 message boards tonight and 100 different Facebook pages, oh, how could they put a fucking title on a part-timer like Brock Lesnar? Well, you know, Jericho recently talked about The Rock being in the company and how people would shit on it, 
and he said that, you know, The Rock earned his spot. If he wants to be a part-time wrestler to come back and give back to the business, he has no problem with it. Well, Brock's kind of along the same line. Did he have a tenure like, like The Rock? No. But he did have a nice little run. Since he's come back, he's proven himself to be a company guy for the most part. He does what he's told. He had no problem putting John Cena over at Extreme Rules, apparently, when he came back. He had no problem putting Triple H over in a, in a match. So, again... I'm willing to give the guy the benefit of the doubt. I, I didn't like the way he left the first time out, and I gave him shit for that. But he came back, and he's been fulfilling his contract. He's been working the dates that they set for him. It's not his fault that he's only working 35 days a, a fucking year. That was what they agreed on. If I were Vince, I would have said 60 days a year minimum. Well, you got to look at it this way, too. I mean, I'm not saying Brock hasn't changed as a person. Maybe he has. But, I mean, think about it this. What does he have left? He's too old for football. Well, he ain't going back to UFC. This is it. He, he, he's either got to make it work here or he's basically screwed. You know, he, he has a family now. He wants to secure his family. I think he's going to do the right thing, and he has been doing the right thing because, you know, he realizes this is it. Well, he's not going to make the same kind of money anywhere else. If he goes to the UFC, he'll, he'll make a nice payday, but he's not going to make what he makes in WWE. I mean, let's be real. He's not. So, again, he's taking care of his family. He's working limited dates. I'm sure they'll give him more dates to work. You know, maybe they'll, they'll up it to 50 or 60. Fuck, I don't know. My point is he doesn't have to be there every week. As long as he's wrestling once a month or once every month and a half, I mean, it's not like they're enforcing the 30-day rule anymore. That's true. So and it, you, it, it works, man. I mean, it, any way you look at it, it works. But I guarantee you, motherfuckers going to be shitting all over this. Oh, they put it on a fucking part-timer. But yet, these are the same motherfuckers that'll bitch that John Cena's been champion 15 times. Hello? It's the IWC. They'll find anything to bitch about, no matter what. And I'm sure there's, there's the same people that fucking hate John Cena are like, oh my God, I can't believe they did that to John Cena. How fucking awful are they? You watch. It, the fucking IWC just cracks my shit up. <laughs> fucking internet whiners community. Yeah. I got, but again, this was a good SummerSlam. I'll admit, I, this is about the initial reaction. Maybe if I re, when I rewatching all that, I might go down or change. But this is definitely going to be probably the top 10 in, in SummerSlams. And good Lord, we never expected how that main event was going to happen. And I'm looking forward to see what they're going to do now with Lesnar as the champion. And that's I'm, a good thing. I'm, I'm looking in the chat room. Amaze just pasted, or he pasted. <laughs> well, he probably did. He clicked and pasted. Uh, Maze just pasted in the chat room. What Cena did at SummerSlam shows the amount of respect he has for the Undertaker, folks. He just sacrificed his body for the beating of a lifetime to sell a guy that ended the streak. I don't care if you like Cena's character or not. You have to respect him. He's earned that. That came straight from Wrestling News, uh, or WNW, whatever the fuck that stands for. That came directly from another site, and I couldn't agree with those sentiments anymore. It's right there. Yeah, because he took, oh, my God, those suplexes. You saw him like, dude, I'm surprised his neck wasn't fucked up. I got to say, Cena, if you want to take some time off a while, do the movies, or just take a vacation, you earned it. I, it wouldn't surprise me if dude's legit hurt after 15 fucking German suplexes. Yeah, because, if I mean, he has it, a concussion, that would be not surprising. Yeah, I, I, you know, that was amazing. I would have I would have never in a million years thought I would see John Cena done like that. But uh, anything before we let you go, Anthony, we've got to wrap it up. 
Uh, no, that's pretty much it. I'll talk to you guys on Tuesday when I for unplugged. Right, I'm but- waiting to see how the af- the long everyone's going to talk about the SummerSlam after it really sinks in. I think so too. All right, see ya. But I think we'll take one or two more calls and then we're done. We are done for the night. As I've actually got a call coming in right now, so this might be our last call of the night. Bronx, are you still with me? Bronx, are you still with me? All right, I guess I've lost Bronx. Uh, welcome to Sunday Night Showdown. Who's this? This is your boy, Sean Flossy. What's going on, JJ? Hey, bud. What's up? Oh, man, just calling in. It's my first time using Skype, so I'm surprised that for me it's not a big deal. It's working pretty good. Cool, man. Good, good to have you aboard. What's, what's going on tonight? Well, I just want to talk a little bit about uh, Brock Lesnar. I think him not being at house shows and uh, maybe not being on every single Raw People are really going to want to see him a lot, and that might bring a little bit more heat on him and make him a bigger heel of a champion. I think so, too. What do you think? Are, I think so, too. I think people are going to want to be like, uh, you know, who's going to beat this guy? You know, we need to get a full-timer in there. You know, guys like CM Punk bitched about part-timers coming in and stealing their spot. All along, CM Punk missed the point. When CM Punk decided, uh, you know, or would have decided to call it quits and come back and do, you know, shots like Jericho – you know, he would have wanted the same treatment that guys like Jericho and RVD and Brock got. But, you know, he walked away and, you know, didn't like the way that things were going and whatever. But to me, I see the idea of bringing in a part-timer and using them effectively. I think they've done a great job using Jericho effectively. I think they've done a good job using RVD. And after tonight, I think they've done a fantastic job with Brock Lesnar because every time that guy comes in, he fucking uh, ups buy rates for people that actually buy the pay-per-views. Because he's an attraction. Brock Lesnar is a box office attraction. Not only in WWE, he was a box office attraction in UFC and gave them great numbers when he was champion. So it makes complete and utter sense to me that they would go this route. Yeah, I I agree. I think people are just so upset about him being that part-timer. They're missing the point that they want you to be upset. They want you to see who's going to beat this guy and when is the next time he's going to show up, and people are just going to buy tickets and come see him. So thanks for the call. Thanks for the time, JJ. I got to go. All right, Sean. Talk to you later. All right, Bronx, call back in so we can wrap this up. I'm here. Oh, okay. I I thought to lost you again. You did. It's like every time you add someone, I get dumped. It's I love Skype. Uh, it's fucking bullshit. Well, I think that uh, we provided a nice four-hour show for you guys tonight, and I think I'm done. I think I've said all I need to say. I'm through defending Brock Lesnar. I think I've made my point. Uh, feel free to disagree with me if you'd like. I don't care. Uh, you're all entitled to your opinions, and they're all valid opinions, but uh, I'm just speaking from a logical sense. I think this was the right move tonight, and I hope that WWE uh, does the right thing and doesn't fuck this up. However... Sometimes their track record is not the best in the world, so we'll see. I don't get that feeling here. You know, the fact that they did, let's just break it down real quick. The fact that they did what they did tonight to Cena tells me if you're going to do that, you got to take it all the way. It's like break, you know, getting in the bank with your mask on and holding the gun to the teller's head. You've already committed. You can't turn around and say, oh, forget it. I don't want the money and leave. You, you know, you they pulled the trigger tonight. You can't just have Brock lose right away. That that would completely be the dumbest booking endeavor that a wrestling company has ever done. What you did to Cena tonight made Brock an unstoppable beast. There's no turning back now. It's too late. You pulled that fucking trigger. 
Now, the only way I could see them getting around it is if they had a multi-man match at Night of Champions and Brock did not get pinned. Say somebody, yeah, that somebody, would still be lame. Somebody else, you know, let's just throw it out there. Somebody else was in the match uh, and Brock did not get pinned. And then Brock lost his shit and beat the crap out of the guy who won. And then maybe Rollins comes out and cashes in. And then maybe you try to have Rollins run, but then you give Brock a rematch and he kills Rollins. Maybe that's how you space out the time with Brock Lesnar where he's not defending it. I don't want to see that happen. I think personally, Brock doesn't need to lose the championship. I think it hurts him if he loses at this point. Because I really think you need to have a solid build. But or you could go the complete asshole route with Heyman and instead of ignoring the 30-day rule, use it to your advantage because they turn it off and on whenever they want and just have Paul Heyman come out tomorrow night and say, with Brock of course and say, my client has no intention of giving you anything for free on Monday Night Raw you're going to have to pony up $9.99 to see my client defend this title because legally and you have Heyman reach in his pocket and pull out a contract, he only has to defend it every 30 days. So, authority, you might be able to make my client wrestle on a roar now and then, but you can't make him defend the title until 30 days are up. Heyman could be a prick to pull that off. He could. Uh, I, I would even say you don't even need a, a title match at Hell in a Cell. Maybe you find some way to skirt it off. Maybe he actually does wrestle on a Raw for the championship prior to that if you wanted to save him from not being on that show. I think he's got to be at Night of Champions. I think he's got to be at Survivor Series. He's got to be at the Rumble for sure. I think there's certain, there's certain shows you can keep him off of as long as you have him defend that title in a 30-day time span, whether it's a Raw pay-per-view or what. I think you've got to go that route. And here's the thing. If he's not defending on pay-per-view... What belt are you defending on pay-per-view? The Intercontinental Championship. It makes it a bigger fucking deal. They got to get that title back to the way it used to be. They got to make it fucking mean something again. And you got to get rid of the fucking U.S. belt because there's no sense in having two champions. No, I agree. Merge those belts. Let Ziggler be the guy to do it. And then, you know, he can get some pay-per-view you know, exposure, like I mean, you said. We, we have seen in the past Intercontinental, the Intercontinental Championship main event pay-per-views. Go back to SummerSlam 92. What was the main event? It wasn't the World Heavyweight Championship. It was fucking Bulldog and Brett for the Intercontinental Belt. Fuck yeah. So, you know, put more emphasis on that belt. And now that you've got a workhorse like Ziggler as the champion, there's a lot you can do. You can put Sheamus in that main event. You can put Rusev in there. You can do a lot of things if you go that route. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of guys you could throw into that mix. You unify the titles first. And then you can really, there's a lot, a lot of upper mid-card guys you could throw into that fucking mix to go against Ziggler, no doubt. You know, Night of Champions, you kind of have to have him there because he's the champion. That's, right. supposed, that's supposed to be the night when all the belts are defended. So I really think you can't get away from that one. But Hell in a Cell, yeah, you don't need to be there. You know, you need to have another feud. Maybe you got something, something else that's kind of big on the horizon. Maybe it's Triple H and Reigns at Hell in a Cell as the main event. I mean, we've proven in the past you don't need to have a main event that requires the, the World Heavyweight Champion to be there. He doesn't have to be the main event. doesn't even have to be on the card. So it just works, man. I'm, I'm telling you, I think this was brilliant booking by them tonight. I have no complaints of putting Brock Lesnar over. I think this was the right fucking move. 
I agree. Absolutely. I'm thoroughly satisfied with the way tonight turned out. And it's going to be the other thing I think is my guilty pleasure of just checking out. You know, I, don't, I won't have a lot of time tonight, but checking out the Internet tomorrow is going to be great. Well, I'm, I'm, as, we, as we speak right now, we're wrapping this up, but I am watching uh, the replay of SummerSlam. And right now they're in the Lumberjack match when the crowd, or excuse me, when, the, uh, when all the Lumberjacks got in the ring. That's where I'm at right now. So as soon as I'm done, I'm going to continue watching this, and I, I definitely want to go back and watch that Lesnar uh, Cena match. I'll be editing this show for a little while, so I'll be watching this motherfucker again tonight just to get the uh, correct number of German suplexes for Unplugged because I'm pretty sure it was 14. Yeah, man, I'll probably check out the re- you know, a replay tomorrow. But no, definitely, and you know what? Send me a message, even if I'm asleep. When you sit there with a pen and pad, like I know you're going to do and count them, let me know exactly how many there were. I'm going to say 14. I know I think you originally said 13. No, I said 14. Did that, you? That was my original count was 14. All right. How many times has Cena had the belt? 15. I wouldn't be shocked if there's a 15th in there. I'm not calling you wrong because, like I said, my stream fucked up and I think I might have seen one of them twice. But that would be irony and give Paul Heyman a lot of ammo. 15 German suplexes for every one of your title reigns, Cena. It would have been great booking if they did do 15. Well, according to the chat room, Mays says he's going to call 15. WWE said it was 16. It was not 16. I will go back and count that shit. I did not count 16, and my stream did not fuck up during that match. So we'll see. Yeah, it was either 14 or 15, So we'll, I think. So we'll see. And I'm not counting the four Germans at the announce position either. <laughs> the German announce team. I'm not counting them. <laughs> it was like I was like crickets for a second. Oh, okay, I get it now. I, I, think, I think that's why they called 16. They were counting two of the members of the announce team. You know, there were 16 Germans on the pay-per-view tonight. So I think they were wrong. Cole, yeah, I don't Cole, know. Cole is not exactly the fountain point of truth. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, there, there weren't 16. I mean, it's like, uh, we'll see. If it was 15, I'll mark out. All right, well, with that being said, I want to thank everybody for uh, joining us on the live edition. If you're listening on the archive, I hope you have just as much fun uh, with this show as we did. So that being said, uh, according to Lou, he's watching now and says it's 15. I'm going to count those motherfuckers. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find out for myself. I'm saying 14. We'll see. I don't think it was 16. But anyway, hope you guys enjoyed the show. We'll see you next month for another uh, edition of Sunday Night Showdown. Hopefully the Shark will be joining us, possibly Harmony Boom Boom Jackson will also be joining us for Night of Champions. Make sure you check out all the shows here on the SNS Radio Network. You know what they are. And make sure you tune in this Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here on the SNS Radio Network as Bronx and myself will uh, run down what happened on Monday Night Raw on Unplugged. Got some big things in the works, a possible guest in the next few weeks on Unplugged. More information as I get it. I don't want to tease too much right now because nothing's confirmed. But uh, Colin Vaslow is working on getting us a guest. So we'll, we'll be finding out what's going on with that in the very near future. See you on Tuesday night for Unplugged. On behalf of Bronxzilla, Tony J. Mirabella, I am Mr. Money on the mic, Jeff Jackson. This was SNS Presents SummerSlam 2014, and uh, I got a special song of the night 
dedicated to one Brock Lesnar. With that being said, good night, everybody. The secret side of me, I never let you see I keep it caged, but I can't control it So stay away from me, the beast is ugly I feel the rage and I just can't hold it It's scratching on the walls, in the closet, in the halls It comes awake and I can't control it Hiding under the bed, in my body, in my head Why won't somebody come and save me from this? Make it in can't contain the beast incarnate brock fucking lesnar the new wwe world heavyweight champion he's a fucking monster brock smash good night john cena good night sweet prince good night